That's just something that's possessing you right now yeah. as a second voice in your head. Um, it's not real. The power of Christ compels you. Right. Okay. The le- power of fuck off compels mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. All right. Le- le- How about that? That's, that's, <laughs> How about that's, that's as good as an intro as I could drum up. <laughs> sure. Hello, everybody. Well, oh, that's nice. An actual drum. Mm-hmm. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Movie Man Dem. That's right. I am one of your hosts, Damien. With me, as always, my co-host. Hey, it's me. Bam. How you doing, Bam? I'm doing great, man. That's great. I'm glad that you're here. We're also here with two other guests. That's true. We're here with uh, oh, Toby. Oh. This is your fourth? Yes. Yeah. Both parents? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She sure, rates us differently. Five? I should start getting paid for this. <coughs> we don't get paid for this. What do yeah. you mean well, you should start? you know. Where's you that money going to come from? <laughs> Damn, she can get the percentage of what we get. Oh, yeah, okay. Sure. Oh, yeah. Something or nothing is still nothing. Exactly. Uh, and joining us for the first time, um, uh, she has brought a guest of her own. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yes. The lovely Lauren is here. What's up? How you doing, Lauren? I'm good. Thanks for being here. Is this your first podcast? Yeah. Okay. It's kind of cool. That's cool. nice. Yeah, it is cool. It's a I nice like space. The accommodations you make for like nursing mothers. Yeah. Right. right. And yeah. Who, who's your other guest speaking of? Oh, Dropsy? Yes. Okay, Dropsy is um, a little blind kitten. Right. He's and blind? She or she? I'm sorry. Don't, misgender. don't, don't presume <laughs> that kitten's gender. Do not do that. I think she's blind. I'm not sure. Yeah, she may be blind. She may just. She may just be a young kitten, right? Yeah. Like I mean, the rest of them are like fine. She's like. Yeah. Um. So Lauren was. Uh, my argument was at six week old that sh- that cat should know like what's going on in the world. So um, my presumption is that she's been like smoking cigarettes in that cat's face since birth, <laughs> so he has glaucoma. <laughs> so that's that's the my thought. The other cats on. are fine, right? So like I yeah yeah. I I um, yeah. Toby, you mentioned before the mics were rolling that you didn't get a lot of sleep last night, and uh, neither did I. So mm-hmm. listeners, if I sound a little sleepy this episode, that right. that is why. I was um, up until that's 2.30 also playing. That's my disclaimer. I was up until 2.30 playing God of War, so I guess we're all... Well, you, know. you that's that's because I wasn't like actively trying to stay awake. I just could not get to sleep. Okay. I had well, a, that's, that's your own personal demons. That's the that, thing. Yeah. It, well, okay. So I've been watching a shit ton of horror movies this week. Right. Is that, um, being, is that good for your um, you know, relaxation? Prob- probably not. It probably does <laughs> like heighten your awareness a little bit more right, than right, normal. Right, right, right. Um, you, you afraid of Dope Dog? The first... So I mainlined... I mainlined the Evil Dead movies. Right. And then uh, last night and a little bit this morning in preparation for this, I watched Hereditary. Sure. Great um, sleep movie. And I realized that it's affecting my dreams a bit. Cool. Because I had a... Naturally. I had my very first movie mandem dream. Ooh. I want to tell you about it. Ooh. Because um, I've also been watching the, the show Peaky Blinders. Okay. Which is Ooh. Just like, that's what okay. I put on nice in, in the show. background. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just want to watch some... S- escaping the slimmer of his eyes. <laughs> I just want to watch some 1920s prohibition era gangsters in, in Britain doing their thing with flat caps. Right. Uh, and I reached the point in this series where he's trying to become more established. Like he's right. legit mm. now. He's mm-hmm. having like foundations yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So in my dream, 
We had gotten so big. We had the shelves. We are so high on our own supply right. that we started the Movie Mandem Foundation. Okay. okay. And we all these MMF. MMDF. Wait, what supply? MMF. The supply. That slip of the tongue there. Okay, we'll leave that alone. The supply. The supply of. The supply of just just good. Endorphins. Yeah, information of movies to the masses, right? And we thought, let's start a school where we can do this officially and teach these kids how to become. The movie man them and movie woman them sure. of the future. Sure. And, they and movie people them. Movie people, people them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and they revolted cool. quite quickly. Yeah, that's probably, <laughs> that's, that's probably what would happen <laughs> no, if right now today we, we tried to do We that. were like, yeah, we got this. There's a bunch of kids here. We're going yeah, 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 to like yeah, yeah. start so, you know, setting too, up the syllabus too, and everything. Too high on our own supply. And then almost immediately, right. things started being set on yeah. fire. Yeah, I agree with that. Right? People were running I, up I and down. I too would revolt if me and you came up there and started pitching things. Amazing, and and uh, I don't know which where the parents were because it was just the kids. Right. They just left us. I think yeah. Toby was there. I think you were one of our professors. Yeah, of course. I think yeah. uh, Brittany was there as well. Sure. Uh, Lauren, you were there as well, even though we never met before. Really? So the no, idea really. of you, oh. the, 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 amount, the amount of <laughs> idea. I was of like, wow, no, I but the, the, the kitten was there. He was oh. running around. Um, yeah, so that was that was the dream that I had, and um, that made me go, okay, time to watch some, you know, maybe. Just watch some of those. Ve- ve- uh, what is it? Uh, the the VeggieTales. VeggieTales. The, 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 the Christian. Uh, okay. Shows. The, 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 the Christian animation. Yeah, Christian animation. That's Just a choice. That. That's yeah. Wait. I didn't actually watch them because I find that. No, you know, you know VeggieTales. Of course, VeggieTales. Yeah. Veggie, veg- I don't know. Maybe is that Dragon Tales? I've never I seen them. I, 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 know, I know the idea. Yes, that, there that was, was that was definitely that was Dragon, Dragon Tales theme song. I'm sorry, I didn't retain VeggieTales in my mind oh after damn. I became an atheist. Didn't know the lore. <laughs> you forgot the lore. Of I forgot the lore of VeggieTales, but the lore. There's a cucumber. That's mm-hmm. all I remember. There's a cucumber and a tomato. tomato. The tomato has become a, a gif. Right. Now, uh, when, yes. when he's looking down and he's been his mind contemplating his life. Yeah, his existence. You think they've explored each other's bodies? The cucumber and the tomato. I mean, the the holy book doesn't really provide Christ, for I mean, that. <laughs> you see, the thing about the that body is of Christ compels you. <laughs> is there any mention of other kind of foods in the Bible? Can you know they have the wafer and the wine? Foods in the, the Bible for the communion. Them niggas eat food. Yeah. I mean, they, they <laughs> fish, no, fish they had bread, the, the fish, the bread, plums, figs. I get what what was growing in the Garden of Gethsemane. If they had tomato and Gethsemane, yeah. grapes, they had wine. Oh. Lots of grapes. Yeah, they had grapes yeah. to make the wine. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any like talking grapes in VeggieTales, or is it just strictly vegetables? Uh, no, you're thinking of the Fruit of the Loom commercial. Ah, there we go. That's okay. what I'm thinking. Of. Was the cornucopia always there? <laughs> the world will never know. <laughs> okay. Um, well, some lore that we do know a little bit about, sure. if not VeggieTales, is we know some things about those frightening films, right. horror movies, mm-hmm. and it's not October. Uh, it's not even as March. pointed out in our previous episode. This is yeah. not October yet. We have done three horror-themed episodes in yeah. a row now. It's not <laughs> when the mood strikes you. I the mood so. strikes. Well, you. the mood struck you about a month <laughs> and a half ago. That's true. That's true. And it's just been can't make it, or we haven't been able to do it, and mm-hmm. now you're finally here to talk about the the woman in horror. The uh, monstrous feminine. Mm-hmm. Oh, she, woman she has in a modern horror. Damien, step the fuck aside. I'm going to get a drink. Y'all want anything? Toby, go ahead. Because we joked. I joked <laughs> on the last episode that you're going to come here with your little notebook. And, <laughs> and we're just going to have to sit If back, I don't, I'll forget do all of hobbies. the ideas that I Wait, have. are you supposed to prepare? Well, <laughs> well we are supposed <laughs> to prepare weekly, but we don't. Oh, okay. Um, Lauren, I called you yesterday. Don't worry about preparation. <laughs> I, t- I asked you to do this yesterday. Don't I mean, I watched two. That's true. I kind of know two. I feel like that's enough. Which ones? Which ones? Which ones? I watched, um, what do you call it? Us and The Witch. Mm-hmm. And great. A long while back, I watched, obviously, Get Out and Jennifer's Book. There we go. Great, great, great. great. 
Um, so, but but Toby, you do have a whole notepad worth of uh, notes. <laughs> not um, a whole. Toby, notepad. please introduce the How many episode we're talking about. A few, just a few pages, maybe like five pages, front to back. Yeah. My God, one. one. It's, it's, it's Toby, not take it away. Come okay. on, Damon, <laughs> quiet. Hush now. I just, I feel Let like the expert speak. I feel like paying her, but I can't. <laughs> you uh, know. Yes, but Toby, please take it away with this woman in horror episode. All right. Well, the idea is to examine women in modern horror um, to kind of focus the scope on like the past maybe 15, 15. years. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to start primarily with uh, Jennifer's body, chrono- chron- like in terms of chrono- chronological. Chron- Chronology. Right. Wow, can't speak. Okay. Um, but yeah, the idea is the monstrous feminine women in modern horror, specifically in the West, of mm-hmm. course, okay. because we haven't examined um, many movies. Um, Korea, Asia. Right. Sp- for Spanish example. Speaking. Right. For <laughs> yeah. example. Yeah. Yeah. And if you listen to this podcast, you can get ex- extra credits on your university course on feminism. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's you can tell. You can tell that to your teacher. Yep. Right. And um, just to start, before we get any further, we're going to be discussing some pretty gory, serious topics, potentially triggering topics, not an exhaustive list, but possibly including domestic violence, Mm -hmm. sexual assault, Mm -hmm. rape. um, The the true horrors to a woman. Family trauma, generational trauma. um, So just a warning to our audience. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but really the idea for this podcast came from a YouTube video that my friend John showed me that I then realized Bam had yeah, already seen. seen. seen it, yeah. Shout out to um, John. Yeah. Yes, shout out to me, John. Me and Toby are on the same algorithm. <laughs> we are. <laughs> with, so with your proviso of, of what specifically we're talking about, I can actually talk <coughs> quite a bit about the most recent Evil Dead movie because it, it, it literally features uh, a woman as the monster. Sure, yeah. sure. Uh, so... Um, so does the uh, previous Evil Dead. Yeah. 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 So I just want to, we'll put our sources in the notes as well. Okay, sure. But um, <laughs> I want to just shout out uh, three of our main sources from YouTube. A Monstrous Comes of Age, Horror and Girlhood by Yara Zaid. Uh, Monstrous Menstruations, The Dehumanizing Treatment of Women in Horror by Film Fatales. And lastly, Racism and Horror by Khadija Mbawe. So thank you to those. Thank you to thank you to those people. Sources. So um, there's a quote by Shelley Stamp where she says, "Horror, more than any other film genre, deals openly with questions of gender, sexuality, and the body." Right. Women traditionally regulated to relegated, sorry, to specific archetypes in film to serve the character of the usually male protagonist. Mm-hmm. So that's those are my words now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um. Categories like love interest, damsels, mothers, young girls. Sometimes all at once. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, Like if you ask Norman Bates, then his mother was both the damsel mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the love interest. Right. Yeah. And so piggybacking on uh, that, and, uh, Lupita and also it reminds yep. me of this concept that was described in the movie Syrup, mm-hmm. um, where Amber Heard's character in a scene says women are often categorized by men into four categories. Yeah. And she says it's the mother, virgin, slut, and bitch. Mm-hmm. And in particular in this movie, of course, it wasn't a horror movie, Syrup. It was more of like, I don't know what it wanted to be necessarily. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, a, she a, was speaking in the context of the business world. Mm. And she was saying that how women can often navigate male-dominated spaces yeah. is by embodying 
one or more of those categories and kind of like shuffling them around and seeing how they can regain some sort of agency in that sphere. Have you ever seen um, Cabin in the Woods? No. Okay, so Ooh. Cabin in the Woods is a, a horror comedy oh, yeah. which yeah. takes a lot of um, influences from different horror movies yeah. mm-hmm. and kind of just puts it all yeah, into one thing. Breaks them down. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So like it's almost thing. it's almost like a parody of other horror movies, but it's more yeah. like it's 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 it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a satire. It's, it's yeah. commenting. It's commenting on all previous horror yeah. movies. But right. it bring, it brings up that um, yeah. breakdown of, of femininity because the the characters that are <laughs> in it, which are essentially like um, I mean stereotypes. Yeah. yeah. They they they're characterized as the jock, the fool, the slut, Stop. and the virgin. Is that yeah. what they're called? Right. Yeah. I think it. I think virgin is definitely one of them. Um, slut is I, I don't know if that's the term that they use but that's isn't uh, the Madonna I think might have been the whore or something like the but Madonna. that's the, the point Madonna. like mm-hmm. the, the promiscuous woman versus the mm-hmm. chaste the, right. the, the chaste woman mm-hmm. um, and what's really funny about it is the woman who they had set up as the chaste woman mm-hmm. she had had sex before yeah. she wasn't a virgin so this, all, is, but this is exactly yeah, what happens yeah. in Jennifer's body, right? But yeah. essentially, yes. the, the thing about it in the movie was they had they were like, "Look, modern times, we have to do with we what have to we be get. very lenient. Like we, yeah. we can't actually find a virgin yeah. in, in college these days, right. so we just gotta go with whoever seems kind of like mm-hmm. a prude." Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but that that to me was like that was their comment on yeah. Nowadays, I- the idea of who women are in in society is different mm-hmm. from how they've been traditionally treated in horror movies. Right. Uh, I feel like it would be perceived in media. Yeah, it would be unrealistic these days if they were to make a horror movie and it would be a woman who is like, "I'm saving myself for Jesus." You mm-hmm. know that that wouldn't really ring. Yeah, I mean, true. You, you could do mm-hmm. that if that was the mm-hmm. very point of what you're doing. And yeah. if you think about horror and women in horror as the perpetrator traditionally, um, this idea of them being like liberated isn't wasn't viewed in a positive way right because what movies traditionally did is where the woman was sexually liberated in the horror movie right it was seen as the threat right yeah and it that's how that was like a rule in in slasher movies is once you had sex then you were you were a target and it revealed the over um, the overarching consciousness of society at the time right right. this idea that the sexually liberated woman was a threat bad and Cannot that her that. owning mm-hmm. her own sexual agency was a threat. Yeah. And um, it's something that if you, uh, if you get penetrated and you get penetrated. Right. <laughs> it's something that Yara Zaid mentions in her video essay. Um, and she, of course, mentions Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, she also mentions another. Carrie? You mean Carrie? Carrie. Carrie. Okay. Sorry. No, that's I okay. I just want to make it because yeah. they're going to look up <laughs> Carrie like, what the hell is this? Yes. Big yeah. Sex in the City. Right. But <laughs> focusing this back to um, Jennifer's body. Yeah. This movie really was very iconic mm-hmm. um, for so many reasons. And it makes sense that it was directed by a female director. Right. Um, um, because it's extremely self-aware. Oh, yeah. And it's, uh, it's categorized as a horror comedy. Yeah, written by Diablo, Diablo Cody. Cody. Yeah. Right, because yeah. of the self-awareness and because of like the very blatant campiness of it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the very ridiculous and hilarious lines yeah. Yeah. sometimes, you know. Um, extremely self-aware right <laughs> for example there's a point where needy stabs um uh, megan fox's character jennifer jennifer <laughs> she of the body <laughs> <laughs> and um, this girl really forgot the title <laughs> character hilarious hilarious yeah. i am oh, still half asleep i apologize yeah but um she stabs jennifer and jennifer says do you have, have a, a tampon? tampon yeah like these outrageous lines right. and, and then she's like i thought you would because you, you you look seemed like you were plugging right <laughs> that was the exact line it's I, watch, I watched it this morning by the way mm-hmm. it's fresh and it's, fresh it's funny though because 
I was talking to Jermaine, who has also been on this podcast. Mm-hmm. People, that's an old character if you want to go back to the <laughs> archives. Um, but Jermaine, he is someone who I discuss media with a lot because he just will have thoughts and he'll just throw them at me no matter what's going on in my life. Um, <laughs> and he was talking about <clears throat> Jennifer's body and he didn't know about it until 2018 or so. Okay. Wow. And that's, well, it's not that surprising to me because when it first came out, didn't do well critically. Didn't really do well commercially. It was, it was a victim of like... This happens to many cult classic movies. Yeah, yeah. It's a victim mm-hmm. of poor marketing. When like yeah. a movie is like so original in its concept, the marketing teams that these studios give it to to market kind of don't know what the fuck to do with yeah. it. Right. So it was sort of marketed as like almost a lesbian horror movie it was yeah it was really, they're really plugging this, like this hey, was like hey guy hey dude bros yeah. come and mm. see megan fox that, like, and i'm in the cypher make out fox as the titular character yeah did anything to like detract from how serious people were taking it because uh, yeah, def- i think in yeah, her, I, I, in that yeah. stage in her career right like there were a lot of people were saying and i heard they were like oh it's only popular because megan fox is so yeah hot. yeah and i don't feel like they actually like got the point or of, engaged of with it right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah so okay so i think i think it's a it, it's, it's two things. She's coming fresh off of Transformers. Yeah. Right. At this point. So at this point, in the public perception, she is A, like every teenage boy's girl fantasy, mm-hmm. yeah. and B, as far as like tabloid magazines, she's just like, oh, this sexy, sexy, whore, whore mm-hmm. character yeah, they're yeah. trying to make her. Mm-hmm. And then sh- Megan smartly was just like, I'm going to embrace that yeah. mm-hmm. and double down on it. Yeah. Yes. If you're going to call me a whore, great, mm-hmm. I'm going to be that. I'm just going to ask him to be my public persona. And she owned that for a second. But then when it came time to market this movie... It's like you have, you have like okay, so teenage boys, teenage men find her sexy, yeah, and women label her as whore as 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 the tabloids want us and to the, think, the, the, and the then they and then they have no they have no narrative outside of that, to yeah. Plug mm-hmm. it. So it just becomes, hey, come watch Megan Fox make up with this woman, yeah, right. and it just doesn't. The movie does not know how to like market the fact that this is a comedy a comedy horror between about two best friends yeah. right. dealing with something dealing right. with like boy problems yeah. I many, think people, many I people think didn't even know it was like she was a succubus right. in the movie yeah. I think the casting of her especially at this time like yeah. the movie comes out in 2009 is perfect I think it's ahead yeah. of its time it's extremely yeah. intentional yeah. you know yeah. like what Lauren is saying like she was a sex symbol yeah. she was at the height of her career in terms of visibility mm-hmm. and in terms of being in blockbuster successful yeah. movies and she decides to subvert that mm-hmm. in this movie where she harnesses the sexual energy yes. and becomes a threatening force yes. to men right. who, as you said, seem to universally find her desirable. Yeah. So um, I thought that was really significant. Yeah. And it was one of the first things that struck me in watching the movie. Yeah. Definitely. And then, so when I was talking about it with um, Jermaine, he was you know, saying that he doesn't really, he, he, he found the critical response to it to be um, undeserving of the movie itself, mm-hmm. mm. and I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Um, and it's, but it's not necessarily a, a thing of saying critics were um, wrong about it. It's just in the place and time that the, it came out, the mm-hmm. cultural response to it. I don't think they were prepared for that level of subversion that right. the movie was giving out. My, yeah, and it's, it's one of those things that la- as time goes on and people it, retroactively yeah. look at it and there's like it grew, yeah. the, the, the Me Too movement as well yeah. was a big part of how mm-hmm. they talked about mm-hmm. um, women in mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Megan Fox also as a her celebrity has changed at this point where she's not the, the it girl that right. she was back in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... 
you know, I can't really pinpoint why it is that this movie is the movie that people went back to and unearthed from the. I the can. I, think I can I okay. because, um, as you mentioned, the Me Too movement. Yeah. Uh, this is something that I wanted to discuss in this podcast in particular because, um, as we speak about sex and danger, um, we can speak about the fact that Jennifer becomes embodied or possessed by this demon mm -hmm. following a sexual assault, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. we can link that back to Teeth from 2010, yep. Raw yep. from yep. 20... Yep. Well, I don't think same, same Raw. Yeah. It's, it's very recent, yeah. Have you watched It Follows? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, they have that same, um, the same motif of like sexuality and possession. possession yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly, and so there's and even even Evil Dead, the first one that we talked mm -hmm. about, um, tree following a sexual assault by a tree is when that woman gets possessed. Yes, so it's yeah. it's a common thing to to have this be mm -hmm. like possession as a result of this horrific traumatic thing mm -hmm. that has happened. Yeah. Right. Um, it's just in so in Jennifer's body, it's like that that what happens is kind of what gives her the the power to become the threat and to become the the. Uh, the monster, as it I were. I mean, that's kind of powerful too, just yeah. because you're taking that, like, and in this case, a gender-based sort of trauma, and you're like weaponizing it in your own way, like yeah. through that possession. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like a powerful statement, I feel, to like turn her into like this, this like, yeah. after something that like usually reduces you in a very vulnerable, weak state, and yeah. like just mm -hmm. exercise, like, right, you mm -hmm. know, like transform that. It's yeah. a reclamation, and yeah. it's a powerful <laughs> one, and it's a visceral one, yeah. right? Yeah. Because horror is so often very effective at that in terms of bringing back that power and that evoking that fear in the mm -hmm. audience mm -hmm. because yeah. they use body horror. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I noted that um, horror, especially when it has a woman, the woman as um, perpetrator or as victim, um, so often uses body horror in like a very gory, mm -hmm. very <laughs> in-your-face kind of way. Yeah. Jennifer's body does it... Um, obviously um as her becoming a cannibal essentially when a, she a becomes possessed by the demon succulous. right yeah. and um there's especially one one line that everyone keeps using when she um kills colin mm -hmm. and they keep saying he looked like lasagna with teeth after <laughs> right. after she she yeah. ate him you yeah. know and um it's the same thing with teeth because in teeth um for th for our yeah. audience that does not know um uh, the main the, character the vagina dentata movie right the the, the main character is a girl who has teeth in her vagina right and they're only activated when she is being in assaulted. when she's being assaulted right so so as you mentioned that movie teeth mm -hmm. boy the young men cuz this came out in 2007 i was 11 <laughs> so I'm I'm talking right. my social circle at school was like eleven year olds to thirteen year olds. Right. Frighten your fuck. Right. But they what? didn't uh, I don't I don't necessarily know if they were thinking about the context of the movie being that sexual assault is the activation of the threat. Right. No. They were yeah. just thinking no, no, about no, But do you know there's an actual medical condition with like tooth like structures in the vagina? I was okay. I was reading about it and, and they call it teeth, but it's, okay. it's actually just like calcified. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, I d I just mean like so I remember when that came out and and they were this was like this would keep them up at night. Cause this is all, all they are thinking yeah, about at this point. Having not even seen the movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all they were thinking about at this point was how they can, you know, get some pum pum in their life. Right. Mm -hmm. And the idea that the thing that they desire could be the thing that is their undoing. Yeah. At, at f and they are so 
very much attached to right. what what's going right. on down right. there. Exactly. They don't want anything. Men exactly. largely get to go through their entire life without ever being scared yeah. of sex. Right. Exactly. So, this this so, frightened so, so, so movies like Teeth and yeah. Jennifer's Body, it's extremely yeah. so, which subvert them. Yeah. They're right. like, hey, what the fuck? Like you, you are being literally rattled out of yeah. this full-on comfort yeah. that you've exactly. been living in. Exactly. The thing that they want yeah. more than anything in yes. the world is the thing that they're most. And it, I just thought at the time, my little um. Uh, what your film buff brain was just right. like, oh, this is art. This is doing something yeah, yeah. to right. society right yeah. now. Right, right. Yeah. And so in Jennifer's body, you know, um, sexuality is at the forefront of the theme of the movie. And we see the way that Jennifer navigates with her own sexuality as a teenager. Yeah. You know, she's, I get from context clues that they're, she and Nidia are 18, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah, high school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so she's an adult, but still a child. <laughs> yeah. It's, that, you know? it's that, that, that high school age in movies where... You could be the 15 or 20. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's, it's, it's okay for them to be depicted sexually. Yeah. Um, but like, they're not necessarily adults. So right. they're within yeah. the age of consent in, in the movie itself. Right. Um, but they're still young enough to be in that, that high school environment where they can play around with the... The world of high school and the right. cliques and all that. And Whenever mm-hmm. I watch a high school teenage sex romp, yeah. you, you kind of have to like just completely remove yourself from 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 the greater implications of mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. because you'll you look at the actors and you're like, oh, I guess they're like mid twenties, whatever. Yeah, but all <laughs> other everything else is pointed like these people are like fourteen if they're right. just now dealing with. Yeah. relationship right, problems. Right, right. Yeah. So, so we you see kind of have to just right. block, that, block that section out of it. Yeah, there's know. a little bit of suspension of disbelief yeah. that happens, especially with um, teen movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we see her navigating her sexuality and obviously she's already aware of its power mm-hmm. and, the, and the power of the attraction that she holds in terms of how men, boys in time, right, yeah. how, how men and boys perceive her. And, um, you know, the bar scene is very interesting because... With, with Chris Pratt? Right. Mm-hmm. She and Needy walk in mm-hmm. and one of the first um, men or boys to approach her is someone from high school. Mm-hmm. And then the next person is Chris Pratt's character, who is very Enter- clearly out of high school and training police, in police academy. Right. Mm-hmm. He's training in the police academy. So we see the way that, OK, she's a young girl mm-hmm. still, but as we said, she's kind of in that liminal space as Mm -hmm. an 18-year-old of being girl, but also legally adult and, you know, um, experiencing attraction from both sides of the fence, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, And then, of course, she meets the lead singer. and Of a low shoulder. Right. It's Mr. Brody himself. Right. And here we can, again, go back to the theme of sex and danger because she presents herself as, like, virgin... Virginous? Virginal. Virginal, thank mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, it becomes her downfall, perceiving, yes. per, like, portraying herself as virginal, yeah, she, ironically. She, she, she tries to come off as chaste right. to present herself as an, as, to, to, to tease herself to the lead singer of the band, yeah. And that in itself is a subversion, right? Because yeah. traditionally we see where the virgin is often the one that comes out unscathed, right? Yeah, yeah. The idea of the final girl mm-hmm. um, coming out unscathed. Right. So that was the other thing in Cabin mm-hmm. in the Woods was um, all of the archetypes had to die 
mm-hmm. um, in order for the plot to be successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, virgin the virgin could was opti- die, was optional. but if the virgin got away, that was also okay. So, th- yeah, but that thing about the final girl—that's a big thing in in horror of that that last what person. About, like the sacrificial aspect of of virgins in in horror also. It, it they comes don't from like come, they don't they don't always come out unscathed. Sometimes they are like, you know. Like their their virginities is like used as like the salvation of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's like another sort of I feel like exploitation of like female sexuality because like based on the status like you're either the slut and you're using this way <laughs> or you're the virgin and you're the sacrifice to save everyone else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like they always y- y- come. Two up. choices in life. Man. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So she meets the lead singer and you know her approach. It's very interesting the contrast between how she interacts with needy and how she interacts with men, mm-hmm. because she very clearly, quote unquote, dumbs herself yeah, down. She's doing, she's doing a bit. Right, she does a bit, and it works every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, and um, the idea of the sacrifice um, is of course still key to this um, whole thing, and they bring her out to the van, and mm-hmm. you know things go from there, but. Um, Another thing with this movie is, of course, the homoerotic undercurrents and the sapphic undercurrents, sure. overcurrents. Actually, uh-huh. it's not it's not subtle it's, it's, it's um, between between Needy and Jennifer yeah. and how connected they are because which, which the marketing team took in full force, right? They because ran you with s- it. Listen, you see in the bar where um, the band is playing. And you see like a fire start and Needy seems to be the only person that notices the fire at first. Right. right? And initially when I was watching this, I was like, okay, is it that Jennifer is already possessed Mm -hmm. and Needy is so connected to her that she's spotted the fire first? Like what's happening here? And there's some lingering looks between Needy and Jennifer Mm -hmm. in the crowd. There's Mm -hmm. like a very obvious look. Um, Mm -hmm with needy like looking at jennifer with What's this a great character name by the way <laughs> yes <laughs> i love the play on words because her full name is anita so like mm-hmm. based on the american accent it's like anita mm-hmm. yeah yeah very clever um so yeah there's obviously that <laughs> element as well and how they relate to men in the context of their relationship because their relationship is obviously very complicated mm-hmm. yeah and um at times, you're not sure if Needy is trying to save Jennifer or save herself, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like you know, you're the the lines are blurred heavily. Yeah, um, good movie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> good movie. Uh, it is a good movie. Yeah. yeah, further along the lines of like gender roles, right. we have what also struck me was the parents uh-huh. of the boys that were killed because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. for the first one, the jock. We see the mother and father at the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. The police pulls up. The this, father. This is, this is the, the big jock boy that Jennifer grabs yes, from the football field. Yes, in the woods. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the father is like the stoic, mm-hmm. supportive mm-hmm. figure, and the mother is the one that's expressing the emotion. Mm-hmm. She's the one that's kind of expressing the rage and the frustration and. You know, does, um, does the father not eventually outburst into that great? Um, he he does, but. And then to rip off your nutsack and put it on my, yeah, do- my doorbell, yeah, like those, yeah. like those rich people land door knockers, which is right. 
Every line it's in this movie so, is so such a good line. Such, such, such a good line. Yeah. Such a good line. Diablo Cody knows how to just she, string together some words that you just like nobody else could have. No one has that. ever said this on yeah, planet. This this is <laughs> truly a unique voice in <laughs> in cinema. Right. <laughs> yeah, but the the mother's pain mm-hmm. manifests differently. I feel mm-hmm. than the father's pain, right? Because his is just outright anger. Mm. and violence like mm-hmm. saying yeah. what he's going to do to the perpetrator right. but then yeah. it falls apart in his promise on violence at the same time right yeah, yeah. and then you have colin's parents at the graveside mm-hmm. and the mother is like you know she colin's that's the emo kid yes okay. she lets them she so her his friends are also at the graveside of course or, or scene kid i'm sorry i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> that's please tell them what specific word choice i should use and i know the emo people of all to, the, to the right <laughs> sorry the, the ex-emo people the emo the folk. Right Bam, are you like, on are you on ex-emo i mean Bam seems to classify me as that for some reason why are is you it? if, is if, it if i play black, the rape scene <laughs> i mean when i met you they're getting <laughs> bitten by random men in a corner sure. who claim they were vampires sure yeah <laughs> wait, sorry vamp i'm wait, sorry wait, I'm so sorry. Vamp, wait I'm what's so happening sorry. there all right so a real life horror movie happened over here yeah i mean after i think that's not for for air if that's that's a bonus episode. I need to hear that. <laughs> if I play um, the first few piano notes of uh, what's that uh, uh, the Black Parade song? If I play <laughs> that, is that, are you gonna lose your mind? Are you? I'm that not really an MCR fan. <gasps> I mean, maybe MCR. I am, but maybe not Black <laughs> Parade. Okay. Maybe like we're going back to like the first <laughs> album. Uh huh. <laughs> but that can be a whole other episode, man. I'm good. Like, kind of okay. Like emo themed episode. Right, emo themed episode. Yes. Right. Wait, wait. Anyway, that's why I refer to it as, as an emo. <laughs> you know what? There's a good subset of movies made in yeah, the, yeah, the early yeah. 2000s. The, the 2000, 2007. Yeah. It was just like, all right, emo kids. They're they're hot right yeah. now. Let's yeah, make yeah. stuff. This for them. movie is one of them. I would argue. Yeah. I think this was near to the end. We're like, oh, we're, we don't have that audience as much as we had hoped yeah. <laughs> okay so you got more um, movies are, are we still on the jennifer's body train or we can we can basically wrap up cool. i mean i feel like we've talked about a lot in terms of that movie no no definitely um, i feel like um i i don't know how she megan fox felt about it but i thought it was very much like you you have this persona and she could have just coasted on that for years mm. you know maybe if she uh, n- n- years been off small word because well, i yeah. unfortunately put a hard expiration date yeah. on, on what on, on on female on female actresses who weaponize sexuality yeah, in that yeah. way yeah the, the greater society tends to put a hard like three five year well no i just mean she could have like just collected her bag being that girl for mm-hmm. several mm. movies and she mm. decided you know what i'm gonna play with this persona that public has put on me right um i well, mean that's the thing she was very smartly playing yeah. with it she diablo cody and the director jennifer Kent, yeah they were very wisely playing with, with this but I, again the movie was too smart yeah. for the greater male population. Yeah. At the I time. Just, it was such well, a, and I'm very glad this movie. You know, it, it's it, it's cult classics by and large do not make money. No. upon their box office, yeah. mm-hmm. but then people come back to them again and yeah. again and, and they again. give them the right. due, yeah. due credit. Yeah. Like on, on unfortunately, yeah. my boy um Young Neil in this, he was in two uh-huh. of these because Scott Pilgrim also very much heavily bombed. But Scott Pilgrim, Did I believe, will Scott yeah, Pilgrim. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Bomb Scott, Scott Pilgrim will live on. Okay, much like Jennifer's like, body, like Scott Pilgrim will live on culturally. I, I, when yeah. I, the first well, time I watched it, I did not like it. But when I went back, I was like, this is a brilliantly made film. That was yeah. several like, people. It is so, it, it's so cool. But like, when you I were one of the film it, critics. You're like, what yeah, is this I was nonsense? like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is so fucking like, campy and 
just like yep. but it's really cool all the elements are like imbued in that whole thing yeah one mm-hmm. the, uh, it's like one Lauren Hot Take the defining movie of my generation I yeah. really think yeah, <laughs> one of music, for sure without but, uh, but speaking of uh, I mean cult classics just God Pilgrim is one of those that is now getting the resurgence it yeah. deserves because right. they're doing an anime series based mm-hmm. off of that I don't know if you heard about that no, I'm very excited for it oh my American gosh company doing so it. it's Netflix is doing it but it has all of the Heard creators the involved in the first film and yeah. all the voice cast is come all the actors from the first are film voicing are voicing that's their characters really cool. yeah so it's, it's getting a, a good I'm treatment in. looking forward cool. to it yeah so, but i don't like would you want jennifer's body to be a story that is revisited or do you want like i, I think, think it still works i, I think, think it still, still, it, it still works better now than it did then yeah, um, yeah, yeah. in many in many ways it was social climate has, has changed, definitely so it changed. makes it makes more sense now back then we were a little bit more restrictive i feel like with sexuality yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was made, so it, with the climate change, you can appreciate. Well, people are more accepting. I wouldn't say appreciate. Mm-hmm. More accepting of that. Um, along the concept of the use of body horror uh-huh. with women in horror, um, we mentioned teeth. We mentioned raw. Yeah. Uh, I also want to mention bones and all. Which I watched Ooh. earlier this year. I don't know that one. Interesting. Um, Bones and All is the uh, cannibal love story mm-hmm. to end all cannibal love sure. stories. Um, Starring Mr. Right. Timothy Shaw. There are more than one cannibal love story. I don't know. Like <laughs> <laughs> Buckling. Um, no, really? <laughs> okay, okay. Talk through that through line for me. Like, connect those dots for me. Right. So, along the use of body horror, we have menstruation of course mm-hmm. um and then we also have cannibalism yeah so cannibalism is present in all three of all four of these movies bones and all teeth jennifer's body and raw yeah mm-hmm. so i wanted to talk about how there's cannibalism in all of these movies and especially as these characters are young women right and how cannibalism becomes this representation of feminine angst feminine frustration feminine rage or feminine suppression, as in Bones and All, because the main character, while being a cannibal, um, tries to suppress her urges, is ashamed of them, and much of the movie um, centers around her grappling with them yeah. and engaging with other cannibals in order to come to some sort of self-actualization oh, or self-acceptance. I see where you're going with it. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, Bones and All is interesting because, of course, the main character is... Um, a woman of color. Right. I believe biracial. Mm-hmm. Yes, biracial. Her father is black she, and her she, mom is she, white. She a little, she light skin. Right. Yeah. And um, in doing this podcast, I did want to um, examine movies where women of color and particularly black women uh-huh. were main characters in the horror films, mm-hmm. either as victim or as perpetrator. Right. Okay. This one is significant um, in terms of her being the perpetrator. Yeah. And... Uh, it's interesting to me because there's two other main characters. There's an older white man mm-hmm. who is a very seasoned, what they call eater. That's how they e- refer yeah, to cannibals. Yeah. Eat, eater. If this is a world of eaters, that there's like a network of them that kind of mm-hmm. know each other. Mm-hmm. If everyone has their own rules about how they condone in their eating. And the older gentleman that... that gentleman the older <laughs> person that uh, that she stumbles upon which is like right because all right so what for me about that movie was like the introduction of it mm-hmm. it's this very kind of 
adolescent space she's mm-hmm. at a sleepover mm-hmm. um it seems like there's gonna be a little bit of uh sexual exploration going mm-hmm. on here because mm-hmm. there's there's these two girls on the couch who are just talking and having like a regular sleepover right and then she the main character is with another one uh, underneath the table and they're having a little bit of pillow talk and they're getting a little bit of you know intimacy mm-hmm. and uh there's some there's some uh finger sucking that goes on and yes. it, like a second later um the girl who who has her fingers in in the protagonist's mouth you hear like just screaming and, and horrible and they, there's blood it's like she this is not what she signed up for right, right. <laughs> but it was just this urge that it's she not, not how you finger somebody yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was this urge that the, the protagonist just could not help you could mm-hmm. see like she something was coming over her mm-hmm. and then she just runs home and the reaction from her dad was just not again <laughs> right right <laughs> we we gotta we gotta move towns uh, oh my god we just got settled in mm-hmm. uh, and then th- she has to go out on her own after that right. uh, and there's this whole connection with um her mother who was never around in her life and that's when she stumbles upon the older guy that you're you're talking about uh mm-hmm. sully mm-hmm. um played Captain by sully? no well it's not it's not mm-hmm. tom hanks okay <laughs> Look, Tom Hanks is in a weird phase of his career. I feel like he survived COVID and he's just like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah. I don't think he's going this far. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the guy, I talked about him uh, on a different episode, uh, Mark Rylance, and he is... I. He was wha- your Oscar pick, right? He was, because I've never felt that level of like creepiness just from mm-hmm. watching a man interact with somebody else. He was very much an off-putting persona. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, go on, Toby, about that, that character. Yes, yeah. so thank you so much for mentioning that, Damian, yeah. because the idea of her girlhood mm-hmm. becomes intertwined with the cannibalism in terms of them paralleling each other in that she's navigating the girlhood and she's navigating the cannibalism, and it's so deeply intertwined in terms of how she comes to understand herself as a person. And um, I want to go to this quote by Jeffrey Jerome Cohen, where he says, the monster is an embodiment of certain cultural moments, of a time, a feeling, and a place. The monster's body quite literally incorporates fear, desire, anxiety, and fantasy, giving them life and an uncanny independence. Mm -hmm. The monstrous body is pure culture. And so we see in her girlhood, she's navigating... um, Feelings of fear, uh-huh. desire, anxiety, and fantasy. And hunger. Right, and hunger. <laughs> so there's this dichotomy because as the monstrous, um, we as the audience are taught to fear her. But as the girl coming into her girlhood, yeah. we empathize with her and we yeah. feel for her because there's an inherent vulnerability in navigating that. And that, there's Yeah, I feel like that first scene really does help to do that because right. you're thinking okay she's just exploring something that a regular young girl would Mm -hmm. it's just that her thing that she has to explore that she has to come to terms with happens to be that she kind of wants to name out everybody and not in the way that you're thinking um (laughs) she she just kind of wants to devour anybody who she comes into contact with um uh, so it's like yeah she's just this is her personal arc it just also involves something that is uh, as the movie is is portraying it as mo- well, not really as the movie is portraying it, just as society would accept it as as monstrous, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that that being used as a metaphor for things that are normal, but society the does girlhood, cons- the right. time, the feeling, the place, yeah. right? Because there is a thing where like men, uh, these, the, I know men in my life 
that um, if there is, I- if they happen to see a tampon or mm. or anything that has like a spot of menstrual blood mm-hmm. in the the trash of their the, the bathroom in their household, mm-hmm. they are just like, "What is this doing here? Mm-hmm. This is they, like we should not have to see this. Keep this to yourself," kind of mm-hmm. thing. So there's this inherent shame behind those things that are just natural things that women go through in 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 life and in growing mm-hmm. up. Um, and the movie positions that and puts, you know, uses that that the the cannibalism as kind of like the metaphor for that, right? Um, yeah, and um, that kind of really directly connects the two concepts of like menstruation and cannibalism in horror with yeah. the idea of blood, right? Because it's one of the easiest ways to kind of contrasting with her girlhood right yeah. right blood right and, uh, blood. Mm-hmm. and um, as I was saying before, there's um, Sully. Mm-hmm. At one end, and then there's Lee, who's her around her age, yeah. um, who's also an Ito. And we see the way these two characters kind of help her navigate her cannibalism. Yeah. And Lee helps her navigate her girl- girlhood. Mm-hmm. Sully helps her navigate her emergence into adulthood yeah. um, in terms of how he would approach eating as an adult or, has, or how he has approached eating as an adult. Right, right. Um, <laughs> this movie is, is so interesting because it's a horror movie. There's tons of gore and we have so much softness in how they portray Lee and hers relationship. Yeah. Um, their romantic relationship. It is it is very sappy and, mm. and just like intimate scenes of them just traveling the countryside and having good times like we, without the the eating people part of it Mm -hmm. it would just be a regular indie romance of just two young people (laughs) trying to make their way in the world right amen um so you know i haven't seen this movie i'm loving this discussion between you two yeah but when you did break you did bring this up because he was one of your supporting actor picks this was mark rylance yeah yeah. oscar Mm -hmm. pick. and the one thing i had to say about that movie which i'll repeat now (laughs) if you didn't hear is I find it so odd upon me hearing the premise of this movie being pitched before it came out. It to me is very fascinating that Timothy Chalamet and the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guardino, got together no. and said, hey, let's make a cannibal movie. And I was like, okay, so the last movie you guys made starred who now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there so, were so, quite so, a few so, jokes about so, that. Mr. Army Hammer. Mr. Oh, Army Hammer did not get a phone call for the cannibal movie. <laughs> no. Very odd. Yikes. I just think it's very odd that those two people worked back together on a cannibal movie. But you know, it's funny. After your boy. <laughs> very disturbing. There's a character that very Mr. well. Mr. Nama Armana Hammer himself <laughs> did not get called back. There, so there's a, there's a character who could very that. well have been played by Army Hammer because there's a guy, there's a, uh, a group of eaters that they meet in the woods. Mm-hmm. And they they present like just normal guys, sure. nom- nomads who live off the land. Sure. Army Hammer could have just grown a beard and played that character. Yeah, sure. I like there's a part of me that really wishes that he had made that before the story came out. Oh cool. my cool. gosh! It would have been one of the most yeah. uncomfortable watches cool. retroactively in, in history. Cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. But yeah, um, they have a very soft indie romance yes, relationship, yes. and he kind of in- encourages her to explore that that side of her Mm -hmm. um and they they set up rules for which they can you know go throughout the world Mm -hmm. um and i think that's something where um it's it's giving uh kind of like a proxy by which this this woman can have her own agency um but how do you feel about that being something that that 
she gets out of that relationship mm-hmm. because there is a part in which she feels as though this relationship isn't something she can have anymore. And then she goes off on her own completely. Right. Um, she goes to find her mother, mother. and mm-hmm. tries to find like the some meaning from that relationship with her roots and where she came from, her origins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How do you feel about like, th- what do you think the movie was trying to say about uh, where you can find that, that source of your, yourself from outside sources? Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I want to, answer the it's in terms of the second point in terms of her mom yeah right because the movie also becomes this analogy for generational trauma Mm -hmm. for the often fraught (laughs) um circumstance of the mother-daughter relationship and we see the main character going to her mom as you said for some sort of answer to kind of help unravel um, her journey towards self-actualization yeah. and self-acceptance. And she doesn't get that. And it's a furtherance of, you know, how horror can so often, like, um, go to the extreme and really get that visceral reaction out of the audience in terms of how they want to um, approach questions of family and generational trauma, right? Yep, yep. Because she goes to her mom. Her mom is... She finds out her, that her mom is at... Um, a mental health facility mm-hmm. um, and has been there for quite some time and that her mom has bitten her own arm off yep. um, in order to kind of try and, I don't know. It's, I don't it's, know what the goal was at the time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's some sort of attempt at self-restraint and, you know, I think the main character is very shocked when she sees that because it doesn't give her the hope that I think she was seeking yeah, yeah. in seeking out her mom, right? Because I think she wants to be like, you figured this out, right? Like you were you were able to come to terms with this. Oh, oh, you you ate your own arm. Okay. Right. Well, the the search continues. <laughs> it's right. Not, not exactly the the answer that she was looking for. Right. Um. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's not funny, but it's just the way that the movie is just, it's very visceral. And she goes outside to Lee and she's like, you know, this is what has happened. And she's expressing all her frustration to him. And, you know, he's still on this point of, you need to learn to accept yourself because this is what happens if you, if you don't like, you know, if you don't try and accept this part of yourself and figure out how to incorporate it into the rest of you, um, it's going to annihilate you. Yeah. You gotta have like a box of fingers to carry with you to work and just snack on that in the middle of the day. I mean, some, some butter fingers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Extreme shadow integration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a butter finger in a long time. Do they still make those? those? Yeah. I was wondering, Um, I haven't seen the yellow wrapper in in a a foreign, in a foreign. Yeah. Um, do you mind if I jump to hereditary with because I'm thinking of the because as you mentioned the 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 generation Sweet segue, no bro. please please it's yeah. a perfect segue because her- hereditary um it's it is a movie v- very much about grief mm-hmm. um and th- so it's this woman who um the movie opens and she is uh, they've lost the matriarch of the yeah. family essentially her mother has died mm-hmm. um and she is a mother of two children herself yep. and uh, not doing so well. Um, with yeah, with everyone's feeling real weird. Everyone's feeling weird, and you can tell like this is kind of this is not the warmest household. In the first place, um, yeah. they're, they're even when the because a lot of bad shit happens in the movie. Yeah. Um, 
even before all the bad shit happens, everything feels strained. Mm-hmm. Um, even beyond the someone has just died or there's been a death in a household, yeah. you can tell there's like a weird vibe. There's a weird vibe, and people don't really the know. vibes are off. The vibes are they don't very off. they don't know how to communicate with each other um, without things feeling stilted. There's almost like a it's it's that you know what it is. It's like it's right after there's been like a fight in your household. Yeah, yeah. but like. There hasn't actually been a, a resolution True, to the yeah, fight, yeah. but you still have to the go fight on. Happened, it stopped, and then yeah. And then you just have to live with these people and still have to talk and be polite, mm-hmm. and you can't really, you don't want to bring it up and then get into it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so very relatable in that sense. Um, but as you were talking about the, you know, generational trauma, um, the main character, she's essentially there's this kind of cloud over her head because she's got a father who had depression. Yes. Um, a brother who was schizophrenic Mm -hmm. and a mother who had disassociative identity disorder. Mm -hmm. So there is this, that the the hereditary in the title is kind of speaking to this idea that she has mental illness from all Mm -hmm. different sides in her family Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. she's constantly worried about if that is something that she is going to, like is she just going to be this presence in her family where she's going to... um, just make she, she's thinking am i gonna make life harder for them <laughs> like life was hard for me because my mm-hmm. mother went through this mm-hmm. my father went through this my brother went through this mm-hmm. so she's constantly f- afraid of her presenting that in some way and that mm-hmm. being something that that tears her family apart mm-hmm. so when w- some weird shit happens around the house can i, can I, some weird shit happens. Can I say something go ahead um, I think that it's interesting that that theme comes out in this movie that was released in 2018. Yes. Um, in light of, I feel like there's like a revival or a newfound awareness in terms of mental health mm-hmm. and mental illness, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. right? Um, and the fact every, that this every is... Every horror is about trauma now. Yeah. Right. Um, and I feel like th- this makes sense because as we said earlier, like horror often reflects the fear um of the conscious society mm-hmm. right right exactly right so horror movies you know there were as, as a time where the monster was the vagrant who who could come in and be the intruder mm-hmm. in your house and it was just like the, you know the the danger is outside right. and this idea of the danger being in our own minds and and being there's within this, us we could be the monsters there's this lovely article that yeah. tracked the surgeons on popularity of vampire movies versus zombie movies yeah mm. when the economy is very good we mm. get more vampire movies <laughs> okay when the economy is very bad we get more zombie movies so we're on the come up then because we got a shitload yeah. of vampire, vampire movies, movies coming out <laughs> yeah um but so but like so her so when the weird shit happens around the house she's just thinking all right, my head is about to chip. Um, yeah. Like, I'm about to just... The, the thing that I've always been afraid of is about to manifest. Mm-hmm. And what you see in the movie also is she has these two children. Yeah. And it, uh, it's... A teen- teenage boy and a younger daughter. Yeah, and she has mm-hmm. a fraught relationship with the teenage boy. Mm-hmm. Um, with the young daughter, it's it's like... There's signs of the young daughter. She's she has a little bit of um, uh, distance from people, mm-hmm. and she kind of is more gentle with her. But with the with the older son, she's just kind of like, do this, do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a lot of tenderness between them no. because she's thinking, you're you're old enough, whatever. Yeah. Um. But there's a th- so there comes a point where essentially you get the sense that this woman did not want to be a mother. And it Toby, as what you were saying about these archetypes for women, she's almost in rejection of that. Mm-hmm. One, because she just doesn't, as I said, based on her family history with mental illness, she doesn't know if she is fit to be a mother. And mm-hmm. she uh, almost is frustrated with the idea that she has to be this mm-hmm. for you know her children. But at the same time, 
there's an intense worry that she has for these people that she has produced. She has she she has these feelings of motherhood that she can't deny, mm-hmm. and it's this war between these two feelings. And the culmination of everything by the end is like Damien. I was so impressed by the fact that you were dancing around all plot points <laughs> <laughs> in this movie, man. <laughs> for sake of Toby, it, I, I, you are jumping. Around I am. So I, many. I'm things. doing pure themes, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, the man. actual fact points of this movie is. Uh, I mean. <laughs> I mean, you can get Let's into it. it. No, 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 no. Okay, I think okay. there's there's too many things that watching it was just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, okay, you okay. you got to watch that. Because okay. where this movie goes, yeah. it's like... L- l- like, okay, so you can look up the trailer for Hereditary. Yeah. And the, the trailer kind of tells you about the mom. It kind of tells you about the kid. And you're just like, okay, cool. Family I, drama I, I, slash I, horror I, thriller. Yeah. yeah. It, it is implied from the trailer that like the kid is the actual problem, like mm-hmm. some source of evil or something. Mm-hmm. And you're going around, so you're you're in there for a creepy kid movie, yeah. And you get that creepy kid movie, yeah, right. But then the, what the movie is also bringing to the table is completely bereft yeah. from the actual right. trailer itself. And going back right. to okay. going uh, back to the fear of the conscious society, especially in terms of motherhood, uh-huh. I again feel like the theme is apt. Yeah, um, given today's modern climate, a lot of people are thinking more critically in terms of things that were once maybe more instinctive or maybe more um, along the emotional side only. But in terms of like childhood, child rearing, Mm -hmm. um, child bearing and motherhood, people are thinking far more critically and far more broadly and more open-mindedly about that and what it really means to be a mother, what it means to be a parent, what it means to want children and not want children. I'm very, because like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this and I'm gonna because what happens is like I I tend to be the first person to listen to all these episodes because of the edit right and I'm just yeah man we we all listen to the episode together no well, yeah so after we publish it we all come together <laughs> and we listen to it um Wait, but I'm very impressed with just how you've gone from we talked about the archetype of the the slut and also the archetype of the virgin mm-hmm. and then you used this transition of girlhood to now talk about the mother which is the the aged version of of the True. the female figure in horror mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um you can't but mine's a little bit blown by how how very subtle this this transition mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. um thank you yeah <laughs> no it's just work has been done here <laughs> um, yeah. um but as you talk about society we're, we're and the, the, no, the okay. conscious society um i thought the dad in hereditary yeah. was hilarious oh yeah because he's just he is trying to keep everything together like a dad does. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, okay, honey. Um, as, as she's building like a diorama of one of the most traumatic things yep. that happens in the movie. She's <laughs> and he's just like, okay, so... Um, he's being as dutiful as he can he, in this situation. Like, so uh, I made dinner. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there... And she wife is having full on breakdowns. She and oh, the, no. both she and the son are having breakdowns. He's just like, let's just have a nice family dinner yep, and yep, just yep. you know join hands and and have this nice salmon that I prepared. Mm-hmm. And he's 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 and he is, um, I think he's reflective of how society is about mental illness. Um, with the, the greater awareness that we have of it these days, where mm-hmm. he is trying to let the the process and the person go through what they're going through mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without being pushy about it and without yeah. trying to make them feel as though they he rejects to, yeah. them yeah. because you know she's there's a point where um she is trying to work through this this grief that she's going through where mm-hmm. she's like let's have a seance mm-hmm. and and he 
eventually he's just like okay i will i will go along with this mm-hmm. right. but then there's that point of where where is it where you're enabling a person mm-hmm. to to bring your family to the point of ruin mm-hmm. versus Unfor- helping yeah. yeah unfortunately he does get to that point like there's a point where he should have just been like nope we are not doing this we're done right here we're, we're done right here yeah. it's like uh, in an evil dead movie where someone says leave the book alone yeah. don't read the book right. um and i'd like to just uh before we move away from the mother um, speaking of the most recent Evil Dead movie, there is uh, uh, both the 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 whore and the mother in that film are represented because uh, the the main family in the film mm-hmm. it's a mom single mom with her three kids. Um, Dad has just recently left, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden um, the aunt comes by. She's the fun aunt. Comes by yeah. every now and then. She she tours with a band, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> The mom has this kind of uh, little joke that she makes at her sister's expense where um, the sister, she, she's a roadie where she helps to maintain the ma- mm-hmm. band's equipment, mm-hmm. uh, but her sister just calls her a groupie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and it's this, um, and um, it's not a spoiler because it's, just, it's in the trailer, it's on the poster for God's sake, right. where the mom becomes possessed. Yeah. And, you know, in Evil Dead, the, the possessed uh, people, they always... You know, they go into the memories of the person, and they yeah, use they can use the weaponize. They use it, and they weaponize it, and they kind of do this psychological torture. So the can I make a comment about what you just said between the mom and the aunt? Sure, sure, sure. Um, that's interesting because uh, the idea of internalized misogyny, mm-hmm. um, especially in the context of the family, because that's often where it stems from. That's right. often the source. Um, her casually saying that to her sister, um, uh, it brings because the idea is that you know the sister works with these people, exactly, yeah. But she's reduced to this feminine archetype, yeah. of this this, this slut, quote yeah. unquote, mm-hmm. slut bimbo yeah. that just follows these ma- men right. around, yeah. you know. And, and it's very much you see in like the opening scene, well, not the opening scene, but the, the introduction of this the aunt in the movie. She's very much the only person in the band who is capable of doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's very she she is. Uh, an important member of the the workforce there mm-hmm. um <laughs> but it's funny because when you actually get into the apartment building um one of the neighbors is like oh who are you i've never met you before um and she's like oh i'm i'm ellie's sister mm-hmm. and and he's just like oh you're the groupie so it's not mm-hmm. just an inside family joke she's saying this to all these yeah, different people everybody. like oh right. my sister you know she just fucks the guitarist right um uh, but it's interesting in the movie because the the sister the aunt she is visiting because she's recently discovered that she's got an accidental pregnancy going on and she's going to her sister to get advice about motherhood. Um, and it's, you know, th- which is th- kind of the inside thing. Of that That's what the joke is about. Like, oh, you're just going to go out and have sex with whoever and you're going to get knocked up. And she's now fulfilling that thing right. that her sister okay. was, was mocking her for. <laughs> um, but when she gets possessed in the movie, the, the, the mother... Um, she uses that and and she you know mocks her for it. There's a point where she's locked out of the the apartment and she's just like, um, open the door like you open your legs, you groupie slut. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> and, <Wow. laughs> and there's a point where she um she says to her kids, "Those are like a big guitar riff." And she says, like, <laughs> <laughs> "You know what? I don't know if there was, but in my mind forever there will be." Yeah. Um, there was a there's a, a line where she says to the kids because she's just like, "Don't worry, uh, um, I'm finally free." Um. What, what did she say? Um, free from you, teat sucking freeloaders to her yeah. children. Right. Um, so it's it's these these things that the 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 monster is saying like 
she is rejecting motherhood and mm-hmm. she is belittling the slot as yeah. uh, uh, um, or the slot archetype as this you know as the monster figure would be to kind of uh, demonstratize these these feminine figures in the movie mm-hmm. um and i, I cuz the, the the movie is very like where is it on its sleeve what it's saying about these archetypes in horror mm-hmm. um and then you know you've 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 got the 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 child in the movie tends is kind of the one that has to be the one to fight against yeah. uh, these things and reject these things yeah. and and it's so uh, oh, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the the aunt in the movie, she kind of has to um, realize that she doesn't have to be put in this box that her sister put her yeah, in yeah, and yeah, society yeah. has put her in. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the, the themes of it play out. Um, ad- amidst some of the most fun, rever- um, irreverent, just gore, gore and mayhem yep, yep. Yeah. as yeah. Evil Dead is known for. Yep. So it's a backdrop of this very kind of intelligent thing that they're doing with these archetypes, but also, hey, look at this. Y- you're here for the gore. Yeah, you're here for this as well. Yeah. So if you want to have this, you know, conscious, thinky movie, you sure. can have that, but also, hey, popcorn fun over here. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, can I ask you a question about Hereditary? You can ask me all the questions about Hereditary, yeah, but keep in mind, I just watched it, so I don't have all of the thoughts for it yet. But That's fine. I watched That's it five fine. years ago, so I can probably... Is it good? Okay, well, I'll is it good? Are you going to rewatch it? Yeah, I would okay, rewatch it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Should I watch it? Yeah, you should. You should watch it. Would it scare me. Yes. 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 <laughs> I w- I watch. So it is a frightening movie. Uh, there's there's a scene in it where um the main character is in a dark room and she she sees uh, a figure in the darkness mm-hmm. and it it looks like it could be her her recently departed mom. Right. And I watched the that scene in a dark room. Sure. Where in in the corner there sure. was a white shirt sure. that was lit sure. from the outside mm-hmm. that looked like no. it could be a ghostly figure, mm-hmm. and it was at that point I said, "Let's watch this in the daylight. Yeah. Let's let's catch up with this." I I, I mean I, I I too watched that movie in the dark if I remember correctly because I was with like a friend or something. Yeah, and then that happened. I was just like, "Oh, this is this is some real good uh, spookiness." Yeah, mm-hmm. but then it was more towards the end of the film uh-huh. when really? the actual. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it. When okay. the actual plot of what's going on yeah, is yeah. where I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. this is a whole new section of scary yeah. that we're not popping open. Like, yeah. yeah. But your question, yes. Between the two of us, I'm sure we can answer that. Yeah. We've got sure, two different sure, 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 sure. So um, on the I- archetype of the mother, right? Yeah. Right. Um, in society, the mother is often um, deified and mm. there is this idea of faultlessness or... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this symbolic, quote-unquote, purity, which is ironic because the mother is distinct from the virgin, right? Right. But my question would be, um, do you guys think this movie disrupts that? The idea of putting the mother on the pedestal? Uh, mm, Yeah. Yes, I think so, because a big part of it is her coming to terms with her... Did she want to be a mother in the first place? Right. Mm. Yeah. And like... You know, because she she says it where she was pressured by her own mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's this idea that the <laughs> as you get into the plot, um, the reason for that pressuring is is kind of with a sinister undertone or, or, or sinister intentions. Mm. Um so it's like, you know, needing to be a mother. Um, where maybe you should not have been one in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I, I would say it is very much a pro-choice movie. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it's very okay. much like, yeah. maybe this sure. does not have to be sure. the eventual end for all women <laughs> in society. Did you watch Mother? I love Mother. Yeah. I quite love Mother. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. It was just a random. The random one with movie. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. J Law herself. Watch it. Is it, is it it's scary? Very, no, it's not scary. It's, it's weird. It's weird and fucked it's up. Weird. It's weird and okay. fucked up. Yeah. It's not scary but at all. But it's very good. I feel it's very like an interesting commentary on just like what humans will do if you allow them to. Yeah, yeah. it was an analogy. It's an analogy for Mother Earth, right? That was my. It is a retelling of the Bible. Yeah. Oh. Set in one house. Oh. Yeah. Oh, which aspect? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It's, that it's was a retelling of the Bible. A, a okay. What aspect of it? The She's based flooded. Yes. Two brothers murder each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. There is eventually a sort of couple years, Toby, a, a rapture of some kind, and the house falls down. <laughs> yeah. So it is. It is like, like the end. Okay, no spoilers, but like the ending. I've, I've already spoiled it. Oh, well, you already spoiled. Okay, so like that. That when um, he like a, 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 a bit uh. The the bo- people eat the body of Christ in that film. Yeah, oh my like God. yo, that traumatized the hell. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that was so fucked. Like, yeah, it's 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 a very harsh retelling of the Bible. Like that was so difficult. Like that was, dude. I don't really get rattled easily, and that shit rattled yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Like with the, it was horrible. And Jenny yeah. was so good in that oh, yeah. movie. Her acting was just like fucking. Um, like she would, right. She who, who directed that again? Um, Mr. Darren Aronofsky. I, I, I would, Ooh, Aronofsky him. was on he, the that, that nigga knows how to make a finale. I'll give boy. him that. He also knows how to portray the tortured feminine, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. with Black Swan. Black Swan, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Which, again, I, I, the, the, I mean, the, the, that's the, not really a horror movie. It's a thriller. Um, it's a psychological, psychological thriller. I mean, there is a. It is one of those where it's just like. What's real? What's not? Mm-hmm. Is there a, mm-hmm. is there something supernatural going on or not? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. it is one of my favorites, though. Oh, it's great for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, if 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 I may segue, mm-hmm. um, from from speaking of the 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 deified mother, this pure puric mm-hmm. puric pure puric mm-hmm. <laughs> pure, pure figure, mm-hmm. uh, I like to hop into the witch. Yes, you know okay. Puritans. Right. I yep. just yeah. watched that. You just watched that. It's yeah. a great well, movie. Not, so not not I've, well. I've not seen The Witch, so You've my contribution is not going to be um, okay. that great. All good. All, All right. good. It's, it's, it's pretty great. I've, I've, I've seen two movies you guys spoke about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. So You have been notably quiet so far because you, yeah. like, there's no. because I, I ain't got shit to say about yeah. this now. Besides, I know, besides I know. my great I'm a joke. Oh, wow. Toby. Toby. We, I don't know. we only fight off my Toby. <laughs> don't don't do that because he'll he'll come next episode and I'll just be talking and and wanting some some chat back right. and I won't get anything. You <laughs> no, the banter is essential. Exactly, I will say that it's the a two man show. I can't do yeah. it on my own. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So all right. So so dig it into the the witch. Um. 2015. Uh, 2015. Yeah. Miss Anya Taylor. Miss Anya Taylor oh, Joy. Yeah, yes. She's she's so a goddamn best. That talented. That, that, that weird faced white what? woman. I love her so much. What did she get? Uh, that weird faced white woman. Oh yeah. No, but you said something about it. She gets an Oscar. Yet. That was her first film. Yeah. That t- yeah. Mm, yeah. Princess Peach and Princess Peach. the Queen of Queen's Gambit. That's so true. all yes. over the hi- the, the, mm. the monarchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's uh so it's set in. She needs to play a movie where she's a duchess of something, and then, then uh, she'll she she was in uh, Emma. Oh, was she a duchess in that? She's, a, she's like a lady. She's a lady an old. She, she's a lady she was Dutchish. So you're saying she's Dutchish? She she's a lady in a period film. We yeah. can call it a duchess if sure. we want. <laughs> <to>. we <can laughs> right. She's a lady of a house. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just uh, call it that. Yeah. Right. So uh, so it's set in 1600s New England. Uh, it's this great little movie where uh, this this I, I I don't know what they don't say explicitly what's uh, denomination of Christianity they are. But basically, there's there's a very Christian family. They're Is that Robert Eggers' first film? Yeah, they're living. Yes, yeah. And Hereditary me. was Ariasta's first. Ariasta's film. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
crushing it, bros. We're kind of biting into our first director's episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> between oh, yeah, between Evil Dead yeah. and this, yeah. we're, we're doing yeah. like three in one. We're, 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 uh, Teasing. We're going to do our best um, film debut yeah. episode. Yeah. Ooh. I want to talk about that. I love. I, love I want to be in on that okay, too. Sure, like sure, sure. that sounds. Okay, no, that's after. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, sixteen uh, hundreds England. This family, they're living in this little community, mm-hmm. and they want to be this hardcore sect of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And basically, it seems like the town itself is like very Puritan. So they basically have a. It begins with a council meeting where they go, "Hey, you guys need to knock off this Jesus business. Like we're not into it." And then they're like, "No, we we love light, we love Christ, we love the Lord." And they're like, "All right, well, get the fuck out." So they're kicked out and they move and they build this cabin in the woods and they like move out there. And so, what would horror movies be without a cabin? Without a cabin in the woods, not not much. Mm-hmm. No? Like there's a whole genre, there's a whole. You know what? They'd be a lot because up until like the 1970s, nobody did that. That's a yeah. lot of horror movies, though, from 1970s onwards. Yeah, I'm just like modern horror is built on the cabin in the woods. Well, they're, those yeah. they're, they're they're built on creature features and yes. they're built on people stabbing you. And, and yeah. a, a lot of those will take place at a cabin sure. in the woods. Well, the f- they they used to take place in castles. We used to be a proper country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, used to haunt the halls of a castle or a manor. Yeah, but talking about the scene, bam! If I can just squeeze in a little bit but like so the scene is important right and the this joke about the cabin in the woods is real because there's something about the use of the forest um of nature in general but but specifically the idea of the forest and the woods yeah and the mysticism of the forest and the woods and the kind of immersion that happens in nature when Mm -hmm. you're in a forest or a wood because it's so all-encompassing physically right and then you also have the pastoral land the Mm -hmm. pastoral setting Mm -hmm. um of this movie in particular they're you know a little farm family they have their animals yeah that also becomes um a key point in the yes. movie um but yes there, please continue oh uh, yeah so um it's the the, the witch basically explorers that it's this little family you know, there's 10 characters full and five of them are animals mm. <laughs> um uh they they move out and they basically they're going to start fresh they're going to start laying their land they're going to they're gonna take over um, what happens is uh, this movie really explores hardcore religious repression mm. because uh, so what happens is Anne Taylor Joy. It, there, there's let's see, there is the the father of the model, Anne Taylor Joy, the youngest youngest daughter, then a son, then two twin ch- t- children, boys and girls. Right? Then you have little farm animals. Uh, they move out to the woods, and oh, sorry, there's also a fresh new baby. Anna Taylor Joy, as the head, as the older child, is giving this baby to babysit while the mother and the father work out on the land. The baby is subsequently kidnapped by a witch. <gasps> dum dum dum. Right. And mm-hmm. so what happens is. But not like in a Disney movie. Uh, like no. No. Ursula will not be making any deals with this Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she. Uh, so what, what happens is the, ba- the, baby's, ta- the baby's taken kidnapped Anne Taylor Joy does not realize what has happened that she, she's kind of like watching the baby playing peekaboo with him she does peekaboo once peekaboo stop baby's gone and she's freaking out because now her little her little like her little sibling is gone and the family is gonna start cussing someone but what happens is she she cannot explain what has happened and the family is so deeply <laughs> religiously paranoid that 
they just immediately blame her because you know she has no follow-through then stranger and stranger things started happening and the kids the little kids blame it on her for being a witch uh-huh they claim they seem they've seen a witch in the woods and they think she's working with the witch so so she's becomes the patsy to the little kids mm-hmm. and the parents take the word of these four rules mm-hmm. at base level and become more and more paranoid throughout the film that their daughter is a witch and it so the 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 movie right although a 2015 movie obviously is a period piece mm-hmm. and it explores the idea of it moral is. panic in relation to mm-hmm. um women and women in that society mm-hmm. and how they're framed if they in terms of mischief in yes. terms of violence in terms of agency mm-hmm. right and um historically if you look at moral panic historically mm-hmm. right it's very important to do that and we can see, we can literally chart moral panic through hundreds and hundreds of years oh, yeah. up until now right, as right. we can see currently the moral panic around trans people and queer people at large mm-hmm. and uh, i think it's very important to understand the history around moral panic why certain groups are chosen for moral panic and why um certain groups are perpetrators but if that's it, so very it important does, it, it, but it does feel kind of um like everything comes back but but in a way where it's not comes back and never left my guy no no i <laughs> what I, I just mean like whatever what what is the focus shifts yeah. um you know as society advances yeah um but it's well, like what is the angry mob right mm. I, but then it, it just goes back to stuff that we we kind of resolve this right there's a cyclical nature to it for sure yeah so like right now it's it's you know people get up in arms about drag queens mm-hmm. but like there was a whole decade of RuPaul shows right. and you had the, the Wesley Snipes movie that mm-hmm. had come out. <laughs> to Wong Fu. Yes. You know, and it was just, uh, you know, we did the Paris is Burning thing. Yep. You, mm-hmm. I, we, so this was one of those things where it's like, hey, we did it. We we got over that and we're everybody tolerant cool, right? of that now. You know, Tootsie mm. came out and everybody loved Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, and we're dancing in the streets. Yeah. Mm. And then it's like, nah, we can't have them reading the kids now. It's like, wait, wait a minute. So we're regressing now? It's like, mm. so... Yeah, mm. th- that idea of um, what people choose as to what to be upset about, it does feel right. kind of anytime, fucking arbitrary anytime sometimes. Anytime society yes. introduces something to fair, they they then believe, well, there's somebody we can blame it on. Right. Surely, surely, only, surely if we fix this, surely right. if we lay our blame on one person, our problems will go away. Yes. Yeah. Right. And uh, it but just yeah, in this film, it comes up on... Um, women and witches yes. <laughs> specifically but yeah. yes well it's funny that the, as you mentioned the, the the kids being the source of um you know what <laughs> there's a cat i thought there was like some feedback or something no um <laughs> yeah as you mentioned You're, she's gonna get some feedback on that she's, shirt I'm she's sure. a little zombie sometimes she makes these weird sounds that like sounds like she's like about to well as we talk about cabin in the woods being integral to horror movies fucking cats have been <laughs> yes. heavy lifting for oh, horror yeah. movies for a while yeah, yeah. i'm surprised there was not cats in the witch <laughs> Uh, y- mm. there was no, there was a, there's a dog, there's a dog and a rabbit, rabbit, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the rabbit, yeah. The rabbit, the rabbit was also in us. But like the source of moral panic tends to be centered around children and, and, you know, the, that the, the, the protection of children has been used as a scapegoat for violence for right, yeah. right, yeah. because it, it's really just uh, them trying to preserve the future and mm-hmm. they, th- they mm. see the next generation and let's not have their minds be corrupted, let's keep them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. safe and, and pure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I mean, I can't. I'm I'm now going to seek out the witch based on what you guys are saying. Great. And yeah. it's side note. Um, today, man, and our audience, it's all in old English. Yes. So oh. you have to use subtitles. No, 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 oh, no, I no. I I, I, I do sub- not believe in subtitles whatsoever. Okay. For that, for that I use subtitles. I, I, no, I I okay. It's it. Robert Eggers, he of the Lighthouse and the Witch. His 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 thing is that when he makes a period film, I use subtitles for everything. Side note, okay, so. no, no, that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, he 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 basically uses the as period accurate language as he can for his film. So they are speaking yay old English, and trust me, like five ten minutes of it, that movie, you'll be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, but you kind of grow into yeah, it. Yeah, that's as, true. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, it's another movie of Robert Eggers that kind of plays with that um, rejection of the mother um, pedestal. Northman, the the North one. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's the more recent one. Yeah, with, yeah. The, with with um, Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Yeah. So like speaking of, speaking of the other and Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman. Kidman yeah. Okay. Who who um, fucking crushes it. She she's she's great <laughs> in she's it. She's tremendous. Um, and and he. Uh, I mean, I won't spoil it, but essentially. The the main character is a young boy who longs for the, the the family that he had before it all went to shit and he was he's yeah be, be somebody comes destroys his village yeah subsequently mm-hmm. Ham- Hamlet Hamlet slash Lion King he has to go off into the the jungle and then he comes back to reclaim his kingdom yeah um right. but it's just like the family that he thought that he built up in his head as this loving community was not what he thought it was and that a, a big part of that is the the idea of his mother being this maternal um figure and mm-hmm. kind and tender to him is not exactly what he perceived it to be um, right. in in reality yeah okay. yeah so um coming back to the witch the and vivich yes and uh religious repression um what what comes to be in this film is the the parent uh, okay so it's very funny there is an inciting incident where in to fund them going out in the cabin in the first place the husband sells a silver cup mm. that the wife owned uh she so on their travels she kind of notices that like her silver cup is missing and he kind of like brushes it off and so when <laughs> when um the baby gets kidnapped now mm-hmm. the mother uses that other incident as further proof that oh the daughter must have done it she's mm-hmm. conne- she's now connecting mm-hmm. one bad thing to the other mm-hmm. and saying that the the, the the one this her this sheer i'm hurt here so mm-hmm. the person i'm upset at i'm gonna double down and mm-hmm. put other blame and the mm-hmm. husband who's the one who saw it in the first place mm-hmm. does not want to now take the blame and get in the fury of the wife and kind of doubles down and then sort of takes the daughter out to the side because because the, the the daughter knows that well she not she must not have done it mm-hmm. and the other kids aren't smart enough to have done it mm-hmm. so she she kind of she kind of exposed with her father and there's this lovely scene not lovely scene. <laughs> I mean, the whole movie is beautiful <laughs> there's, 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 there's a lovely scene where like the the, the father takes her out in, in, into like away from the house from the grieving mother and the kids and they like have a full-on argument where he kind of admits his shortcomings and mm. and that and that uh, to her and it is like in that moment like she she sort of grows up in that moment mm-hmm. when she, when she when she when she learns about this um it also happens that the witch that is terrorizing this family <laughs> is causing more and more mayhem and they are unaware of what is going on but stranger and stranger things are happening and she has to sort of come to her adulthood even though right. she can't be more than 12 or so right <laughs> she has to come to her adulthood in the, in this moment under the pressure under the pressure put towards this witch 
And so yeah. it's so it's the idea of internalized. Sorry, not internalized, but it's the idea of misogyny again within and without the family, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because we can link that back to what Damien was saying about Evil Dead with the aunt and the mother mm-hmm. and this idea of internalized misogyny originating within the family and then re- obviously reflecting um, the overarching like societal structure, right? And we see that again in The Witch where the misogyny within the family mm-hmm. is what lends itself to her becoming the scapegoat yeah. right, right, and it's right. reflecting yes. the larger society um, that allows her mm-hmm. to become the, the scapegoat, scapegoat as being the witch. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think she was the um, well? I guess she was at a, an appropriate age. I was thinking like why Sorry, her. Just a little bit more into no, it. Uh, Mike, can you it? hear me now? Yes, yes, I can. Right. So I was just no. I already answered my own question. It's okay. No, no, no. Say the question. No, I was just trying to figure out like, but but. I, it, why she was like the, the chosen scapegoat because outside of like she's, the mis- she's at the correct age to become a woman. yeah that's what right I'm saying. she's and, at the age she's mm-hmm. a, she's a woman mm-hmm. um if i don't know what the psychological dynamic within the family is that maybe maybe between her and her mom but that's a different issue in terms I, I, yeah. think, but that's I, th- I think i think the mom loves yeah. them right that's up until idea. the point where they do something bad right because she's a it's it's a she she grows up in a very misogynistic society yeah right. so she's quick to blame another woman for something and b the whole horrendously religious repressed yeah. right. right the household reflects yeah. that um yeah if, even though even when there comes a point when the father has to like go off because their crops are dying off mm-hmm. the, there, there's some plague upon the land their crops are dying off mm-hmm. and the father looks upon the family and he's just like okay I, like i need to, i need to go into take the horses into all the town and he looks at the little boy and he goes you are in charge the little 10 mm. year old boy is just like mm. you are the man of the household now and right. there is no further comments from the other women in the house right. he just looks yeah. dead on this little boy and mm-hmm. just like well you are the you are the you are the man now later mm-hmm. yeah and then again we see the theme of girlhood right mm-hmm. and how this villainization through being potentially quote unquote a witch yes is what allows her to grow into her adulthood mm-hmm. painfully. Yes. Right? So. And we can contrast that with Bones and All, where mm-hmm. the girlhood and the cannibalism parallel each other in terms of the pain and growth it's that accompany all both. fucking connected. It's yeah, all connected, man. Um, uh, I, I want to uh, shout out in this film, um, Caleb, the, the little boy. Yeah. Okay. The little mm-hmm. boy, because he... So the whole time is plagued by the witch, and he, um, Kavir's demon, he in fact gets gets a, gets a bewitched, if you will. Uh, but he, <laughs> the the way I hear you. Oh, <laughs> oh dang! Uh, yeah. So he he there's there's a brilliant scene where uh, sort of the, the 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 catharsis of the film before it, everything goes completely to shit, mm. where um, coming back to, to the religious themes, he gets he gets basically attacked by the witch in the woods and he comes back kind of just shaken and traumatized to the family mm-hmm. and they they're still blaming it on Anna Taylor Joy at this mm-hmm. point and he and she is like begging and trying to console with them like like it's not me I don't know what the fuck is happening and right. the and the mother is now doubling down on it mm-hmm. but and the father who he a knows that he stole the silver he's the one who took the silver cup so he's not like it is not the, the, the sequence of events that led to her being blamed mm-hmm. is not her fault but he is also trying to cover his ass in front of the wife so as not to be seen as belittled mm. like in, in front of her mm-hmm. so 
it sort of all leads to this thing where they're having this like screaming match where the mother is like you need to back me up and, and discipline this child but he yeah. knows. Knows, knows that he should not <laughs> right. in, in the first place but then he, he, he sort of uses then um the uh the fear of religion for her to like denounce these crimes in the name of in the name of god mm. like he's using right. mm-hmm. he's using god as as as, as his scapegoat mm-hmm. to to that to mm-hmm. then double down which then culminates in this scene where Caleb the boy sort of he exercises himself almost mm. because they are praying over him and mm. he begins reciting this religious passage that no shit I think is some of the best acting I've ever seen a child do mm-hmm. in a which, film. Uh, which part? Yeah. Which when, 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 when they're in the attic and Caleb is like having a like, religious yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I thought he was a great actor for real. He's yeah. Uh yeah, so I mean the watch is great. Mm-hmm. Um, live would would like to live deliciously. Uh, yeah. watch it; it's great. But yeah, so it, it's funny movie. that you have all these movies that have these different time periods, and a lot of the themes are still present, per- yeah. pervasive, um, right? Uh, yeah. But but they're all very accurate to the time period that they're speaking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so even the ones that they have set in the modern day and the ones that you have set in you know sixteen hundreds, sixteen hundreds, mm. it's it's still you know it it kind of has that kind of depressing revelation of eh, shit ain't really changed all that much <laughs> right because yeah. like religious scapegoat is still something that like it's so prevalent now yeah, like, yeah. Since it's, like it's it's not that different if it's scary and sad it's actually not that different <laughs> like the way you can use religion to like justify treating people a certain way like he did certain like, sex of people different yeah like they right. still do it it's like still the same shit definitely like, <laughs> yeah they're just more like i don't even know I, honestly i don't think it's that different yeah mm-hmm. to be honest so um the ending of The Witch mm-hmm. is probably what stands out most to me Black in Philippe, my mind. Black Philip himself? Right. And it reminds me of... Oh, you smoke cigarettes So this is, something, no, <laughs> this is something that Film Fatale brought up in their okay. YouTube video, right? Um, on monstrous menstruations. They mentioned happy endings in horror often mean restoration of repression. Yes. But we see in The Witch the opposite the happening, opposite. right? Cre- There's incredible. a subversion of that. in her finding her tribe and (laughs) like the ironic you know obviously this is the the great irony of the film that she's accused of being a a witch and by the end of the film she really is a witch (laughs) you know but there's a liberation in that right because it's like great (laughs) it's like she comes to this space of acceptance if if, if you're gonna be if society is going to blame me for it then accept accept right right and it highlights the collective power of women when they come together Mm -hmm. to do violence and evil frankly and right right, 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 (laughs) Or what's perceived as evil, um, because we can also talk about, you know, moral relativity. But in any case, um, yeah, that was that was interesting for me. Also in Bones and All, right? Um, She comes to. You're gonna have to edit this and listen back to the plot of the witch, right? She, she. So also in Bones and All, she comes to um, an acceptance. Damon was plugging his ears for the listening. Yeah, he was so serious. I I know Mr. Eggers. (laughs) He's he's one of them them filmmakers to watch. I know that ending is something that I should just experience cold. Mm-hmm. So I just had to. Okay. All good, all good. Yeah. But I'm talking about Bones and All now because okay. I'm comparing both endings. I had to do like a, an extended plug-in because I had a feeling Bam was gonna fuck with me and just blurt out the ending as soon as my oh. fingers left my ears. Oh yeah. No, they even better than that. Come okay, on. go on. Anyway, yeah. this. Hey, <laughs> shut the fuck up. But yeah, talking about um the whole happy endings in horror often mean restoration of repression mm-hmm. and how both films kind of go against that. Um, in Bones and All, you know, she 
approaches some sort of self-acceptance, you know, especially through her relationship with yeah. me. Yeah. Um, um. It's, <laughs> it's difficult and it's rot and it's, it's, it's still shaky. Um, but I don't know if it's for the good of society. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. And yeah. the thing is, like, but she definitely she comes to terms with who she is, and she right, the, is right. The, the title is fulfilled. Bones so at the very, all. so at the very least, the the repression, um, is done away with. Right. Essentially, yeah. so the, the, she has no more self hatred. And also, what I think is good about that ending is that she doesn't. She's not taking the cues from the people that she's with. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's finding some intrinsic uh, value to herself. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, she's learned these lessons from the people that she's been associating with throughout the movie, but the end of it does come from within. She's she's reached self-actualization, which I think is a pretty beautiful end to that. Right. Um, okay, so... Going into... Get out. Get out. So we're going to talk about the black people now because we've been talking <laughs> like a bag of white people movie all this time. <laughs> well, bones and all. Yeah, that, you know. yeah, yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. true. We did we did talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but before do, we do, do, do light skins not count, Damien? They do. Saying? They do. Hey, I'm one of them, so you know. we count. You know. <laughs> um, but w- just before we jump into us and get out, I wanted to just touch on this idea of that we see more and more in horror, where um, the final girl is is I- she doesn't just get to escape. Um, she, she gets retribution. She gets retribution. And she gets to actually put down the killing blow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so speaking of the Evil Dead, I mean, uh, w- women in that series essentially were motivation for Ash, uh, yes. and they became the monster that yes. Ash had to then destroy. Oh, sometimes Ash became a monster as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in in the recent iterations in the franchise, in the past two, yes. with the remake mm-hmm. and with the rise, mm-hmm. um, the protagonist, the one that is the the hero at the end of the day mm-hmm. who gets the big chainsaw moment yeah. it, that's women yeah. women mm-hmm. have have become the 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 heroes essentially instead of the damsel so right. there's and, and you, you know you look at the scream movies mm-hmm. um the i haven't seen the last one but the you know that series has always had Scrix uh, uh, or scriven <laughs> uh that series has always had you know the 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 woman being the one that puts it to Ghostface and, yeah. and, and, you know. Sydney but the g- thing is, down, yeah. so yeah. Um, this is a very, very good point that Yara Zaid addresses in her video because... Yeah, speak to the mic, not to your notepad. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so <laughs> the idea is that some, some believe women were the focus so often because as critical as it was to have someone to fear... It's equally important to have someone to fear for, right. or the mm-hmm. idea potentially of wanting to punish women sure. right. could be the reason for the trope of the final girl mm-hmm. of wanting to see her endure this violence right. and this right. pain right. Mm-hmm. for the length, right. for as long as possible. So, so even movie. even if they do become the 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 heroes, as it were, for what's the, film, the motivation yeah, behind it necessarily? She right? she has to go through the ring up and yeah. and. What does it say that that is something that audiences are looking at and be like, oh, yeah, we like this. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, my sister, actually, she she's a big, big horror fanatic. And mm-hmm. she was telling me about the, the f- I think it's a Fair Street series on Netflix, like mm-hmm. the three-part series that yeah. they had. Mm-hmm. And she was disappointed because I think it was in the first two parts of it there was almost this rejection of the final girl trope mm-hmm. okay. that by the end of it, they ended up just falling into the trope. trope again, yeah. Um, yes, I wrote it then go do it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it, 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 it was a disappointing thing for her, but I, I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to it, but that's a series that definitely plays with that idea of the final mm-hmm. girl. 
um, in some interesting ways. Maybe not the, the culmination of it, but definitely the ideas are there. So if you want, if people want to check that out and, and just kind of wrestle with that conceptually. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So yeah, talking about us or, or talking about Get Out. Yeah, which we one can, are you start we can with? go with Get Out first. Chronologically for Mr. Peel's uh, filmography. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think we uh, can... Good film, Get Out. Yes, I, I did listen. Hey, hey, hey! No, I'm not saying hey, it's a. I'm not saying it's hey, a bad film. Hey it's now, a great film. Hey now, let's not get cancelled. Des- <laughs> <laughs> deserves the Oscar, um, but as you talk, like the 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 woman in the film, the the main threat, Marnie, mm. um, Marnie from Girls. What an unsettling thing to watch this girl eat Fruit Loops out mm-hmm. of the bowl yeah. mm-hmm. and then drink the milk out of the glass. Because he never mixed the colors with the white. Thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, perfect for the metaphor of the film, mm-hmm. but just what an unsettling normal thing to see. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's an ordinary thing. Like, she's not, like, bashing over somebody's head, but just, just very unsettling. Because who the fuck eats cereal that way? Right. right. Yeah. It's a... It's a um, the whole... <laughs> the whole movie explores white liberalism and the yeah. dangers of it, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the whole point of that scene, the subtlety of the racism yeah. and how seeded and um, covert it is. Um, in So in preparation for this podcast, I did rewatch the opening scene of Get Out because okay. I feel with, it's with one Lakeith. of the most Lakeith, yep. powerful horror scenes of recent memory. Yep. And it ties back into something that Peel does very well in terms of his explorations of blackness and fear on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because of his obvious real world experiences as a black man, especially navigating the world as a black man in America. Um, he I, brings I got this lost in a suburb. Um, when I was in New York last year, mm-hmm. uh, no, because great. because I well you know first time I'd been there and I I, I was with my wife's cousin and she was kind of helping us to navigate uh, New York and we were on the subway and there was a, we we reached our stop and me and my wife were dead asleep because it was like one a.m. and instead of rustling us up and telling us we need to get off the fucking train right now. Right. She was being very kind and like, oh, I'll just let them have the little nappy nap. So, no, so we we so we missed our stop. We no, we, no, we reached uh, to the gate, in, we reached to the door, incorrect and behavior. the door shuts on us. And the cousin goes, ah, fuck. And I'm just like, listen, doesn't matter how deep of a sleep it was. I don't care if I was in yeah. Dreamland with Margot Robbie. Shout at me. Shout <laughs> me up and get me awake. <laughs> so we stayed on the bus to get to the next stop and. You know, we're about 10 minutes walking distance to her apartment, but mm-hmm. we have to walk through a suburb. Right. And we have to walk through all these houses with, right. the, with the, the, you know, trash that comes out on Thursday with yeah. the driveway and stuff. And the, the opening scene from Get Out <laughs> replayed in my mind yes. constantly. I was yes. looking around the corner yep. for that, mm. that, that tinted window car. Yep. And, mm. and I was just like, we need to walk briskly. All right. I am not getting sucked into the sunken place <laughs> tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very and real thing, that first scene. Right. And that's one of the powerful aspects of the film, the way it brings reality <laughs> to the screen. And um, in this really, I don't know, there's just something about the way that the horror genre allows people to explore themes like this and really um, make it raw for the audience, even if they haven't experienced it themselves. Yeah. Right. And in watching the opening scene, the question that came to me was, who traditionally had the monopoly on fear in horror movies? Mm, and mm. does the movie reframe and subvert that to mm, more accurately mm-hmm. reflect reality? Yeah. And I feel the answer is a resounding yes. Yeah. And um, I must commend Lakeith Stanfield on his acting in that opening. He's so brilliant. Yeah. Um, you know, 
the fear that he has is palpable again because it's grounded in reality. I feel like he didn't have to draw too much on his real exactly. life. Exactly. To, to, like oh. Jordan people just like mm-hmm. he pretend said, like, you're walking through a all white mm-hmm. neighborhood. And he's like, right. I got it, fam. <laughs> Last week did that. Exactly. And even the physical acting because when he gets knocked out and dragged towards the car, yeah. he's pretend, his pretend. body resembles like a marionette, like a puppet, mm-hmm. like a yeah, doll. Yeah, like he, yeah. Which is a theme in the yes, movie, right? Yeah. This idea of black bodies being, being empty vessels to pour whiteness into, right. to pour um, hegemony and dominance into. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <Yeah>. But it, it, <laughs> uh, so speaking of women in the movie, though, um, mm. it, it's telling that um, what gets the protagonist into trouble is that he is inherently trusting of the white femininity. Well, yeah, cause so mm-hmm. he, he's trusting of his girlfriend. But also the mom, and, he, and, and mm-hmm. he's also trusting of the mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, he he takes these things in society, and he's just like, oh well, they fit into these boxes, so they I can, you know, take for granted whiteness mm. aside mm. that um, they they're not you know white women that I need to be afraid of. They're mm. they're not a bunch of Karens around me. Mm. Um, they they this is my girlfriend. This is my uh, girlfriend's mom. Right. Right. Uh, and it is it is that that trust that naivete that gets him into trouble. And uh, it has. It goes back to the theme of um, gender, sexuality, and danger. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, the way that women are underestimated. Yeah, because like in in like modern society, usually the fear is like from white men. Yeah. Because they're the ones that like can do the damage, you know, about can in quotation mm-hmm. with like their guns, and they're just like, ah. But like in this, I like that it was sort of like a, the, the subtle feminine energy, like where it's sort of like you know. Like it creeps up on you, like yeah. they, they rise, like they use their sort of feminine wells mm. to like reach to a point where they like take over. It right. wasn't just like outright like masculine energy where it's like no force. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, it, it built through. And that's one of the things force. with yeah. how we've seen white femininity traditionally, right? Because um, historians will tell you <laughs> often um, white white female slave owners were some of the cruelest oh, yeah. yes. slave owners. Yeah. And it's this way that white femininity, because it's protected under white supremacy and because um, often, you know, a lot of black people are also encouraged and socialized to protect it as well. It has this way to kind of develop this seedy underbelly that right. can kind of permeate underneath everything else and do damage that way. Yeah. Like from the root without having to like, do have lifting, any you know? certain level of like extreme visibility yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um it, it it's I've, I've, I'm, i had a point and now it's gone um so that scene with the when he's sitting down and having tea with his, mm. his hypnosis his, scene his hypnosis oh. scene um that uh, also I, w- I want to really shout out um the casting director yeah to to get three of white people's favorite white people <laughs> <laughs> to be the villains yeah in this film Brilliant. you got bradley whitford from west wing you, know, you got marnie from girls yeah. and you got Catherine keno you know indie idol yeah. how intentional do you think that was absolutely <laughs> yeah critically <laughs> intentional yeah uh, but like that scene with the 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 teacup um i i will She's ru- ruling with a silver spoon yeah <laughs> i will routinely um in, in the mornings, we have like my cup of coffee and just take a spoon and make the scraping sound. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and my, my wife will go, you have too much white in you for you to be playing around <laughs> with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what you said actually made me think of, uh, there's this college humor video where it's a bunch of detectives on the scene of a, a serial killer's latest killing. Okay. And um, they're like, all these clues pinpoint to the killer being a woman. Sure. And the detective is just like, you know, she's like, I mean, 
it's horrible, but you know, girl power, like yeah. it's finally, you know, yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, queen, yeah, like yes, like <laughs> mutilated the body, slay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> slay indeed, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, yeah. Go, going back to, to, to Lauren's point, like mm-hmm. um, th- there there is that weaponization of white femininity. But the, what's great about this film is that, like, how 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 Marnie, I keep on calling her Marnie from where else? Yeah, <laughs> how, how, how Marnie um in, in in the very early scene when like the cop pulls them over, she uses like her her femininity and protection of him yeah. to make him feel like much more comfortable yeah. like in a scene where she's fighting for him on behalf of the police mm-hmm. yes uh you know to make him furthermore comfortable to, to just kind of you yeah. know yeah. trust her even more of course we will later find out she's doing that so that there's yeah. no record of him entering exactly. the, the, the area but there's another thing that yeah. Neil does with like the double entendres, mm-hmm. right? I think that's so cool because when you rewatch it, then like it's like such a rewatchable movie. Oh, because, absolutely. Because mm. then it's just like a whole nother perspective. Yeah. I kind of mm-hmm. missed the first time when I didn't know the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like the first time I watched it, God honest truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Marn, when 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 he's on this, when he's screaming, Rose, where are the fucking keys? Yeah. Yeah. Right up, right up at the point where he pulls up the I photographs. I still remember that 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 moment yeah. in the theater. Yeah. Right up where he pulls up the I photographs and sees what is happening. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, well, surely Marnie's not in on this. Yeah. Right. All her pi- like I was, you, I was really like, beca- you know, what it was because because the scene before they're at the lake and he's kind of expressing how bad he feels and how much he wants to go, right. and she's so empathetic to him yeah. that then that I truly thought at this point her yeah. parents are up to something evil, yeah. and she's kind of unknowingly in on it. It's, it's, it, it, it really, it really was that, and it was right that I saw the photographs where I was just like. All right. Yeah. Oh, like it, it kind of just all became. Yeah. I was really giving her the last last second She's of the day. Yeah. She's just yeah. yes. But right. it's, it's fun. But, but it yeah. Uh, but also to say, you know what? It, it got me because there's a scene in that film where, um, speaking as a person who's dated a white woman, there is <laughs> oh. a, there is a film in that scene. Praying for you. Thank you. Um, I, I, th- I think I've exercised my ways by now. Uh, <laughs> there is a film in that scene where at the the dinner party. Where they're only referring to him via his blackness. All the guests mm. were like, "Oh, you know, I've watched Tiger Woods." Yeah. Or this mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. saw that, and that is truly like one of the first times in a theater where I've where I've gone, "Oh, this has personally happened to me." Yeah, oh, and yeah. I feel the most uncomfortable really? I've when ever felt when, when I was dating a white woman. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yes, when I was dating a real white woman. Was yes. it with her family and stuff? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously? Yeah, wow. I, I, I got that. It was the first time I was just like, "Oh, I've never had such a." Frighteningly yeah. specific yeah. scenario that happened to me played oh, back yeah. in front of oh, my yeah. eyes. I mean, and that's really, that, that's really gonna, that's really gonna stay oh, with sorry, me. Any curse. Oh, absolutely. Well, Have you not I, been listening? No, <laughs> no, I mean, kind of. I've, <laughs> splits. Lauren that's has fine. Been, that's fine. Has been catsitting. No, but like that, I just realized that that shit happened to me too. Yeah, yeah. I was in somebody from Tennessee. There we go. And oh, it was wow. wow. Oh wow, man. That's a whole. That's like a whole episode. If you want to hear about that, like that. That's insane, but yes, I can empathize. I just didn't at the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about the police scene, right, yeah. is that there's also still an element of danger, even with her like trying to like protect him, because yeah. there's a potential that like the police will get mad at her. That's what Chris is doing in the scene. Chris is just like, don't make him. Yeah, like don't trying to don't play right because her her escalation of the situation isn't going to affect her. No, right. You know what I mean. So, and then there's also this idea of, um, 
sorry i lost my train of thought but well I, to, to that point though mm-hmm. chris being that as you were saying um that you you got sucked into rose as a character mm-hmm. uh, and you know she she was a very she was convincing in being that endearing girlfriend character mm-hmm. um to the point where you didn't see her as a threat um i think it's very cool that chris in the movie conveys intelligence and awareness of his surroundings yeah. throughout he, he he both knows the dangers of what he's doing right but he's still doing it yeah, yeah but like it, it's in a way where everything that he falls into feels like something that you would reasonably fall into because of if i was in a situation yeah yes. politeness or mm-hmm. the context yeah. of the situation no, he's he's been around white people right and he knows that sometimes white people only yeah. portray to you as as you are being black so yeah. he's kind of yeah. like playing it off but i guess in the situation of like the garden party where it's so heavy-handed yes, all of a yeah, sudden yeah. that he's just like i really can't put up this facade anymore right, like right. i really need i really need to leave yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a quote from um, James Baldwin that Khadija brings up in her video essay. Um, he says, the mindless and hysterical banality of evil. Um, <laughs> and in this case, he's talking about The Exorcist. So presented in The Exorcist is the most terrifying thing about the film. The Americans should certainly know more about evil than that. If they pretend otherwise, they're lying. Mm-hmm. And any black man, and not only black, Many, many others, including white children, can call them on this lie. Mm-hmm. He who has been treated as the devil recognizes the devil yeah, when they meet. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. It's uh, something that actually um, comes up in the Dracula film. Mm-hmm. Um, Dracula is able to... Which one? 1931 or I mean, both of them. <laughs> it's just the, the, the Dracula story... Um, he's able to prey on the, the people of the modern world mm-hmm. because... Um, you know, like Van Helsing has to convince them about vampirism and, uh, and all these yeah, evil things. Yeah, so, so it's this thing of like, we are a developed society. We mm-hmm. are beyond such monstrous yes, things. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, such, such, like that, such, that such old thing of, um, yeah. yeah, exactly. The, yeah. The, the greatest thing the devil ever did was convince the world he didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that allows evil to persist. But mm-hmm. in the, uh, as that quote is saying, you have if you've been demonized, demonized yeah. or, or the subject of it in the society you know that that evil still persists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and that's the kind of thing that chris brings to the film he's just like i'm a, i'm a trust y'all and i'm a go with the motions but you can tell like even that scene where he's going to have tea with the mom there's a second where he's just like do i want to just go to bed do i right. want to just make up an excuse right now mm-hmm. nah let me give her a chance but there's still that hesitation mm-hmm. in the back mm-hmm. of his mind like something not right here yeah, uh, and I like when horror movies have. I hate one of the things I hate the most is when a character is is dumb as fuck. Dumb as fuck. <laughs> I mean, unless it's in the case of like Evil Dead, where it's like, yeah, well, he's supposed to this, this, this <laughs> yeah, like they, they, it's it's a, it's to the point of absurdity. The things that they ignore, mm-hmm. where I'm just take, I'm along for the ride with it. Yeah, but where it's like a reasonable situation, and you have not portrayed to me that you should be this dumb for the entertainment mm-hmm. value. Mm. I just put you aside as a character what i appreciate so much about jordan peele movies is yeah that the characters are very intelligent yes mm-hmm. and very self-aware of danger yeah. mm-hmm. and even though the danger happens to them they act as mm-hmm. appropriately yeah. as one would respond it, it makes the situation the feel more relatable and you're like yeah. i i see where i could have got myself into this situation yes. like like yeah. j- jumping forward in, in black characters doing that because yeah. you know yes. like blacks in, in black people blacks Black people in horror, they usually, you know, they're like they're, the they're skateboard. Kinda, kinda they're kind of like, They're just right. there to yeah. like, right. 
but not like as uh, their characters are really emphasized. They're like a part of the plot, but like like a disposable part of the plot, a comedic yeah. mm-hmm. part of the mm-hmm. plot. Except for uh, uh, black rappers in in horror films, for some <laughs> reason they've kind of rallied around being like <laughs> yeah. The people who well, make that's it because rap movies. is rap is representative of like uh, a uh, consciousness. LL, LL Cool J yeah. in, in Deep Blue Sea, Busta Rhymes in Halloween right. Four. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because yeah. I mean that's what rappers do. Rappers point out something in society and they just say, "Yo, ain't this fucked up?" But they <laughs> say it with like a rhyme. Sure. Um, and right. and so great, great rap, Damien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's important, I think, for people. It's a fucked to up time, and I'ma say it in a rhyme. There we go. Period. <laughs> you, you, you I think it's important <laughs> for people to portray that accurately because, um, given that his like, I mean, Get Out especially um, explores racial dynamics. It's very important that we see that the characters are very self-aware they're very aware of the circumstances mm-hmm. of their existence yeah. and the ways in which they push against that you know yeah. it's very important to not see them as passive observant ob- yeah. observers in their own lives because that's not e- what e- it is even, in reality even, yeah, even, even cousin to uh, rel his friend right. who is literally like the the greek chorus of this shit is fucked up mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the film, yeah. and the idea of resistance like it's very very important to portray that accurately yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so that the, the but as you were saying the intelligence of the characters in his movies um, us has that also because so one of the characters has an you know uh, an inside track on what's going on mm-hmm. um, it, it plays into her own childhood um, so explore us for me and how because I mean it's kind of more blatant than get out for this situation for this this conversation because mm-hmm. main character is a woman mm-hmm. um and it, it the it protagonist it and the villain get pr- to be yes yeah um but like <laughs> the, the 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 doppelgangers in that film um one of them chose the life that they're living where they have children and they become a mom the other one did not um when it's she forced w- upon her yes. yeah it, it it is literally forced upon her um, because you know everything that is done above is done below, um, and so when when the one above decides to have children, the other one below has to bear children, even though you know mm-hmm. there's there's no sense of choice yes. for that that person. Um, and I th- I, th- I thought that was interesting the way that the movie explored um, one one group having agency and being able to explore these things, where this other group have been forced to replicate forced to replicate and 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 not really having consent in how their life is lived mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then that group being like i ain't going to stand for this anymore yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, yes. and that having that rebe- but it's also like the 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 consenting group or, or the con- the the lupita's character the protagonist who, mm-hmm. who you know got away um essentially has left behind the the group below mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and and kind of left them to she's almost seemed like she's forgotten it yeah, yeah exactly and and uh, moved on from it essentially mm-hmm. so it's it's like yes she has reached this point where she can have agency of her own but like yeah. at what cost you left behind a much, whole people much like when um <laughs> much like when uh somebody from a quote-unquote third world country like gets into foreign mm-hmm. they're 100%. like hey do you mind shutting the door behind me so that none of these other fuckers from my country yeah like, follow back behind of me them not mm-hmm. a barrel or not exactly yeah mm-hmm. it, it's 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 very much that behavior so yeah um you read about something happening uh, like a shootout and you're just like god sad for them you know right and then you keep right. scrolling exactly yeah, yeah. so y- you know so like so, the way Get Out dealt um, almost primarily with like uh, racial racial violence, 
uh, I believe Us deals with exploitation on a whole. Yeah. Mm. The way how so you know the people above are very unaware of the people below them mm. and what is happening and in a way I, I sort of read that as the way it's a commentary on class I feel it, yeah. oh, absolutely it's a commentary on class mm-hmm. and and almost the way that we okay much like how the, the 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 worst crime of white supremacy is that white people don't even notice that it exists mm. so this in that same way we are living out of our, our lives and we're is it's either good or bad or normal mm-hmm. and we don't even notice it and we don't even think about the fact that there's something even worse going on. We don't have to mm. think about the day by day that mm-hmm. maybe something is even like even worse. Like yeah. you know, like like y- you 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 like save up and buy like some t-shirts. You're like, oh, I got new t-shirts. But you don't think about the fact that like there's a child in a sweatshop who yeah. probably had to make that t-shirt and he's yeah. having the worst time of their life. Yeah, right. Trying to get this simple little petty thing like to you. So that's how I I sort of read it as we were like he's just like okay I'm just gonna hardcore just get into full on exploitation of people all around the world even to the the, the into the the <laughs> the inability to even comprehend it from mm. from from the people in above stations. right right yes. right or even not even to to comprehend it just like notice, notice. complete utter ignorance of it right they don't know what's happening yeah um but like there are those those people who make it out of those situations mm-hmm. and instead of doing something about it they willfully ignore it yeah when mm-hmm. like, uh, like isn't it a responsibility to do something about it if you can mm-hmm. get out like if you're not going through not something really, real thing, shit yeah. Yeah. like is it you're like you've been through a lot so, you know like, but that's so that's the thing right because the way this movie examines class um it brings us back to Marxism and class consciousness mm-hmm. and the idea of the collective mm-hmm. right. and recognizing the importance of resistance in the context of the collective, right? Because that's Damien's complaint. How she come up there and mm-hmm. everybody left back, what right. on, right. you know? Yeah. And that's not... I mean, that's it's not my complaint, but it's the one, it's the one <laughs> yeah, below yeah, us complaint. It's, it's, and she's right, just right, like... Right. Uh, Brethren, what, um, you, you forget mm-hmm. about we? Yeah. <laughs> right. May I... Um, uh, uh, early New York as a social experiment. It's mm. such a fascinating time to me mm. because it's, it was a, it was like the port from like Europe to America. Everybody leaving from Europe wanted to cover to America. Right. So the Irish and the Italians, when they just got to America, you have to understand that the quote unquote white people of America were very disgusted by the fact that they're like, who are these foreigners mm. coming in to take up our space? Because mm. you know, resources are so tight to come upon the first place that the idea of like other poor poor mm. people coming in is just like you know that is just uh, so freaked up to them mm-hmm. but and then so when the irish and the italians came here they had to pick up immediately what's what's the going on of social society was in america and they came to very quickly realize that like oh if if you want to have a place at the table mm-hmm. of whiteness you now need to have a dominance over black people mm-hmm. right so when the when the Irish talking about the Irish specifically, when the Irish started like unionizing themselves for like workers' rights mm-hmm. and having like like a like a, a poor place in society, the I guess what you call factory owners <laughs> or, or so would look on that and go like, Okay, here's what. We will cut out a specific sect of society for you and like give you and give and give you like full um autonomy over over yourselves mm-hmm. as long as you make sure to exclude 
these black people from it. Right. So, so, so as long as you join in on our whiteness, mm-hmm. we will cut out a piece for you. But as, as long as money keeps on flowing and, and, and you segregate yourselves. So this is and, and that's the hegemonic nature of me. white supremacy. And this relates directly to something I saw a disabled advocate um, speaking about Imani Crutches and Spice on Twitter, I believe. Okay. And great name. She was explaining because there was a shock um, recent, like in the past few years, with um, a lot of white supremacists um, being physically disabled and um, um, visibly physically okay. disabled, right? And people were kind of confused by that. But she explained that, like, the nature of white supremacy is such that everyone has to prove their usefulness so as a white, to yeah. white supremacy. Yes. And this is what you're talking about, like the want, Italians and the Irish. They <laughs> yeah. have to prove their usefulness to white supremacy right. in by subordinating yes. um, black, black people. people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're you're not allowed. Like remember the the idea of like people. Back in the day, racism was very like <laughs> it's, it's very sectioned off. Mm. Like 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 this group of white people is different from this group of white people. This group of white people is different from mm-hmm. white people. And what what joins them in white supremacy is simply the the attack on on blackness itself. Yeah, you know. So that that's that's basically how you get to join their ranks. How you mm. get to move up in society. If this society is based on racism and classism, mm-hmm. how to how to gain structure in that is to build your own class by destroying a lower class. And I mean, this isn't directly related to any specific movie right now, but. Um, I feel like what us. we're talking, talking about, about us, baby. No, we're talking <laughs> about us, but also like I'm I'm about to get a bit tangential. Sure. Um, but you know, we can link it back to white femininity because okay. white white women also have to prove their usefulness to white supremacy, and we see the way that they use their feminine wells, as Lauren mentioned earlier, yeah, and get to to um enthrall and entice and often wrongfully accuse black men <laughs> right um it's something that khadija brought up in her essay because she was talking about birth of a nation of course, of course. um because her her essay focuses on racism and horror mm-hmm. um and she talks about the fact that like you know this there's this extremely painful history of black men being kind of uh, you know, subject to the whims of white women yeah. when they want to yeah. um, absolve themselves often of their own sexuality nice. by saying, "Okay, well, he did it. He yep. he raped me. He sexually assaulted me. When you get caught, is when you pull that right. Card, yeah. He's the reason that my virginity is marred, is mm-hmm. done away with. You mm-hmm. know, and it's a way to kind of absolve themselves of blame mm-hmm. and a way to absolve themselves of agency for their own yeah. sexuality. I, I said, I said best by Bill Burr on SNL monologue. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you see women? also do that like is, is, is there like um, a space for the outsider race I feel like uh, well we're talking about specifically yeah, in the, yeah, no, yeah. It was just I guess it was an outside question like mm-hmm. I was just thinking about like white women who also do that to white men like, mm-hmm. just yeah out, just like using the femininity but that that's outside of the race aspect so yeah yeah, yeah. but I mean that's that's also the situation mm-hmm. right and um, we can see how that permeates along class lines as well yeah. and you know it's all an upward ladder <laughs> in yeah. the in the white supremacist her- hierarchy yeah. Yeah. and this just is another, why tear on the cake right <laughs> and this is why if you have a leftist and a marxist approach and a materialistic approach to these things you'll consider it from all angles of hierarchy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how everything um conjoins or 
um, coalesces to like ascend to this overarching structure. Exactly. It's all connected. Um, I think us really emphasizes. I mean, us is is a very it is one of the best examples of a commercial film that tackles those issues in such a pervasive way and um yeah so so when when get out came out and jordan peele was rightfully hailed as like one of our generation's finest question mark uh you know i i i said this before on when we were speaking to joshua j paul uh when you know when a director makes a movie especially makes a good movie his career path is then determined by the fact that can you make another good movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so a lot of times studios will look at somebody and just like, oh, if you make a good movie, that could have been an accidental fluke. Maybe lightning just happened to strike there. Mm-hmm. But if you make a good movie twice, there's no accident. Mm-hmm. You know what the fuck you're doing. Absolutely. You're, 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 you're talented in some way. Mm-hmm. Right? I would, so, I would, yeah. So, so when Us was coming out, everyone was on pins and needles because they're like, was get out like one of the best films out there you have to follow mm-hmm. this up bro yeah. and i can imagine the amount of pressure he was under at the i think time. get out was like one of the only horror films in rolling stone's top 50 films of the 2000s 2000? yeah Interesting. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah so they don't i mean critic critics don't tend to um approach horror, horror yeah. Yeah. which is which is bonkers to me because if there's they, they used to but yeah it, it became remember yara talks about this in the video the idea of like high art oh, horror yeah. versus like what they call yeah like base slasher films and there's pretentious distinction when get out came and some fucking dumbass was like I need to discuss this horror movie that I like, but I cannot tell people out loud that I like horror movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to invent the term elevated horror mm-hmm. yeah. to then mm-hmm. to then get around that, mm-hmm. which is just fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so going back to when he had to follow up us. Well, before you get, I just was going to say like um, that the idea of horror not being a, a you know, thing that critics or, or people consider as high art or, mm. or, or intelligent art. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of horror movies that are just cashing in on a trend and just mm-hmm, tr- sh- mm-hmm. throwing in some violence and gore to get that audience True. engagement and you can make it for like dirt cheap. But mm. I can't like horror only works if the thing in inherent in it, the fear the mm. is is something that you can relate to. And mm-hmm. those fears have to tap into something else going on in society. Right. So th- I like to me the the snobbery around horror is just like i mean motherfuckers if you're looking at film as the art form to reflect society on a commercial level fucking horror does it for you baby just give it a fucking chance right right Um, and in relation to ghetto you know um hannah georgia was saying that by contrast ghetto shows how black horror can effectively combine gore and visceral commentary on race yeah the film indulges in genre tropes to be sure but it's exercises caution in dealing with physical trauma to black characters yeah. yes and that's yes yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes yeah. yeah as you said instead of like with, with the 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 female protagonist having to endure this this punishment mm. Mm. get out avoids that yeah. while still having your protagonist be this this intelligent black man but right. without having him having to be whipped yeah. it's or so he, genius he, 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 yeah. he, gets, he gets psychologically hurt right exactly and then responds with physical and yeah. that's physical. something that's often overlooked right especially in film talking about race and racial black, struggle black people, yeah, the the psychological element but that's significant in this movie because that's how white women often engage with racism (laughs) with the psychological element because violence in women is often demonized and Mm -hmm. 
it's not in keeping with quote unquote traditional white femininity yeah. to engage in physical violence in yeah. that way. Yeah. Uh, uh, just to finish my thought on. Yeah, the I was going to say you got interrupted yes, like three times. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> just, just, yeah. just to finish my thought on on the follow up and how it connects everything. Um, I think Geta was so rightfully hailed. Uh, be- because its its theme was so specific, mm. because it was tackling this one theme so like like mm-hmm. like um, uh, surgically, mm-hmm. and I think the reason people are kind of largely cold on us, like they liked it, but they're just like mm, it's not as good as Get Out though. Yeah. And I, and I think the reason that kind of came out is because exploitation as a whole mm. is such a bigger topic mm. that yeah. people don't like people like the specificity yeah. of Get Out, and also it's kind of covering such a large area yeah that it's harder for people to even like i bet if you walked if everybody that walked out to get out you could just ask them just walk right out the theater hey what was that movie about yeah they'll yeah. probably all give you around the same answer yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but if you ask 20 people what us was about maybe some wouldn't be able to answer it in the first place maybe some wouldn't then they'd probably all give you that different answer i do also feel like get out's writing was better like just a screenplay it's more precise absolutely yeah because like i feel like i i i really enjoyed us like i thought like cinematography was beautiful i thought the story was beautiful everything was really nice and the acting lupita yeah she's fucking robbed of an oscar yeah they didn't bring it like that they didn't bring it together in the same way that the writing of get out did so i feel like that i think think i think it's doing too much i think yeah so i i like that i think i like it too i just understand like you know like why they wouldn't get it as much as get out like get out was very specific but it was also written very specifically yeah this was more sort of abstract which i kind of like it was abstract abstract. and very stylistic yeah it was very stylistic and i love that and even in the opening like you can come contrast the two openings right because get out starts with this very realistic experience that yeah. black people have yeah. and then us starts with like the rabbits and yeah. it's all very artistic and yeah, very I, like I, I really like it um kind of like an interpretive yeah. dance yeah. almost but i think it's it's by design because as you were saying bam the broader topic of exploitation mm-hmm. that it deals mm-hmm. with um i think in writing the script for us um get out is like a a, a puzzle where you can see every piece and how it fits together. <laughs> you can look back at the scene with the cop, and you can like, look. Oh, you can look at the, yes, yes, yes. the the Fruit Loops at the thing. You can mm-hmm. look at the 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 um the groundsman and when he's <laughs> running, and mm-hmm. you can see oh that ties back because he was a he's track star. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the 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 black mold in the basement. The, the white brother who is the <laughs> or, or the fact that they are coming into the Jeez. the auction in black black mm-hmm. cars mm-hmm. and and all that shit the, the like silent auction because racism is right yeah. exactly mm-hmm. so, so mm-hmm. it's uh, get out is like this tapestry where everything is woven yeah. in together yeah. us is like it it leaves some threads unconnected mm-hmm. and it yeah. it, it kind of sits in the mystery of it so I, I, I think because get out is such a oh that is completely realistic yeah, yeah. and i could see that happening it's very yeah. easy to us is more fictiony. Yeah, us and, is and, more, and and, and and so unfortunately, he's he's almost a victim of his own success because his movies are so overanalyzed. Yeah, that the problem with us is when you get out of it, you're not necessarily thinking about the themes. You're kind of going, wait, logistically, how does that? That's the thing, right? <laughs> so, so, it's more know, a sensibility than any tan- yes. tangible, yeah, like exactly, yeah. you know, because like to me, I'm somebody who because one of my favorite television shows and pieces of fiction of all time is Lost. Okay. Mm. Right? Really? Yeah. Great show. People people complain about um, how Lost had these things that they just didn't end up satisfying near the end. Mm-hmm. And they had a conclusion which I was satisfied with. And I was listening to this thing with Damon Lindelof um, the recently and he was talking about Watchmen when he did mm-hmm. the Watchmen show. 
and he was my, one of my favorite pieces of media right <laughs> well, mine as well yeah. um but he was saying that he would like he would read things when he was a kid and he would not always get a resolution to yeah. them and he would just have to be s- just sit there in mystery and like right. the what if what it and it's kind of like just leaving it for the reader or the audience to just go like well maybe it was this maybe it was that mm-hmm. so you can just fan fiction it to death sure. if you want sure. to and that's that's a way that people can engage with it as well right. so that's how i un- engage with us leave it you uh, you should always know the answer yeah but then but if you want to leave it vague go ahead yeah so like mm. if, if so you can leave it so like when it gets to the, the okay these people are underground and everything that i'm doing above they do okay so what if i take a flight like yes how does that yes. work mm-hmm. and that yes. doesn't really contain so maybe uh, but then i can then say okay well maybe it's only when i'm on the same soil um but then if i get pregnant over there right. how do they get pregnant yeah, if there? i migrate mm-hmm. it's like yeah. it's it's a different it, it it is kind of like one yeah, if, if i migrate if, yeah, if, if, if yeah. i migrate and i meet somebody in another country and yeah. i get married and have children with them there what who is the person how does that person from yeah. over there get over and there? It, so mm-hmm. but it, so like to me i i'm fine with my fiction doesn't wrap up everything in a neat little bow for me yeah. because mm-hmm. i'm like you were so effective in creeping me out and, and the mm-hmm. characters that you gave to like one of the things that I care about the least in media is plot. Plot is just how you get from point A to point B. <laughs> and What's as important as vibes, bro. Vibes, give me that character, give me them interactions, yeah. give me that good cinematography, have let me have Acting. a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also plot holes are fucking fun. <laughs> bad bad characterization is not fun. No. True. Like, that just makes him go like I've invested time into this character and it just made no sense by the end. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, em- emotional. <laughs> what, what did I say? I, I said something very um, uh, emotional triumph pl- uh, trumps um, plot plot logic. At yeah. Point of time, yeah. Right? Definitely. Um, all right. Bring it home with us and femininity though, because you talked a lot about us as a as a movie, but you didn't really talk much about. In relation um, to the theme of the episode, us was more on the periphery in terms of what I was thinking about for this podcast. Okay. Um. Obviously, it's significant in having a dark-skinned black woman as a character in a horror film, as the perpetrator in a horror film, mm-hmm. and presenting um her duality as a representation of class struggle. Yeah. Between the above and the below. Um, I think that's where the significance lies, really. I don't. Okay, okay, I think because it. of the abstract and stylistic nature, as we're talking about of the film, it doesn't get to really grip its hands on this idea of um, the intersections of her idea, identity of black and woman, and then the context of horror, specifically in terms of that identity. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know I, if I, it does that for sure. Like she, she, she is a black woman. That is significant, I suppose, but. Her character is just somebody on the underclass trying to rebel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's core what mm-hmm. she is. Mm-hmm. Like her, her race is not even an implication yeah. mm-hmm. in the, in the mm-hmm. larger story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it, but I think it's more of a behind the scenes or sorry, behind the camera significance in having a oh, black yes, woman yes, yes, as yes, yes, yeah, the positioning of it. Right. But it's yeah. also what you mentioned earlier, um, Lauren, where it it was talking you, you were talking about um, you know, do people need to be do, do people need to bring over yes. the so people? Or is it like their response? Like, do we yeah. like 
What is, is the responsibility that we put on them when they right. decide not to? Like, do you think we're a bit harsh about it? About what? But about the, like, the, like when when you migrate, you know, uh, and having and and leaving behind the situation that you you left, for clean from. Right. And, and to the point where you're being as ignorant of it as the society that you have joined, and mm. you've just kind of left that society to essentially because you rot. Want to you want to integrate. Right. I think I think here we can say because it's more of a local situation. Like she's still. Right there, you but know, but it's interesting that because local, but it's, it's two completely different worlds, yeah. Uh, well, but it's interesting okay. because it, it, it plays with the idea of, yeah, well, like the person who escaped, right? Mm -hmm. She is she's gotten her family and everything and she's lived this good life and it's kind of like this taking her to task about it mm -hmm. uh, but it also is a way in which they give sympathy to the film's antagonist mm. where she's doing these horrible things and as as she's going about the untethering mm -hmm. a lot of people are dying and she is mm -hmm. quite a villainous figure but you're also on her side a bit because she is the rebel. She is... No, well, like, let me no, explain. Because I'm, I'm on her side because like, if that happened to me, if I grew up in yeah, this yeah, society yeah. and yeah. I willingly know that there is somebody on top of me mm -hmm. all the time right. having a much better life, I would grow furious at that and, and right. I would of course I would want to like right. get yeah. revenge even if they unwillingly know yeah. for yeah. me to go through that the mental and physical torture of living the life I'm living mm -hmm. and being aware of it I would of course go insane yeah. right. so, I, I, so I completely understand yeah. yeah, so there's From that feminine point. rage, Just right? Yes, exactly. But a also, very villain on, too. on the topic of like migration, uh, also and, it's, it's, and it's very tricky because remember, she was normal and she was taken yeah, exactly. and forced to do it. So, so there's, there's the also that to, there's, yeah. Sort of yes, like there's the also, right. Exactly. Right. There's also right. that to get into. But yeah, yeah. going back to um, Damien's point about migration and the idea of class struggle so we can take it from the internationalist perspective right and the leftist perspective um and it's you know this quote is overused but it really applies here um where martin luther king said um justice anywhere is uh, injustice, yeah. injustice anywhere right. is a threat to justice everywhere, everywhere. right and it's a, it's a real thing and you know um i'm gonna I'm going to, what do you call it, reference Angelo Davis um, talking about this in Freedom is a Constant Struggle. Um, she talks about the fact that um, Israeli troops mm -hmm. trained police in mm -hmm. America mm -hmm. and that led to the increased militarization mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of the police force mm -hmm. in the States, which in turn, you know, um, led to increased police brutality yeah. and violence um, and against against marginalized groups. Every time there's a war, there's left over, there's left over military equipment that goes right. right exactly. Right so police, it's yeah. the way, it's the interconnectedness of all injustice mm -hmm. that lends itself to this need once you have the awareness to kind of participate in resistance, you know? Um, and I think that's what I would say in response to that. So yeah. I would I would say, frankly, there is an obligation. Yeah. If you have an awareness, you need to participate. You need to organize, and you need to form some sort of resistance to what's happening, and some like like um, come up with a solution. But that's not done in a vacuum, as yeah. we said earlier. It's really about the collective. Right. That's very important. Yeah. Essential. You, 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 you also can't just send a tweet and think that you've solved injustice. Right. And yeah. That's agitation. That's agitation, but that's not. Yeah. That's also another point of the story I want to get into, but like you'll get the 
endorphin you want mm. by th- by simply talking yeah, about yeah, something yeah, activism right yeah. yeah instead of actually doing something and that can almost temper actual revolution oh, oh yeah or it's yeah. or it's to the point where you 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 know purport yourself as an activist and and talking truth to power when really you had a great time at south avenue and decided to just lie about it on the internet that's right, that's right. oh <laughs> my gosh and then get red to scone yeah, with yeah, the receipts yeah. and right, and right. the the, the, oh the my camera gosh. footage that was a very footage. satisfying yeah. but you know what, story but you, you know what damien you know what, damien i'm gonna pray for them <laughs> 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 that was the best part at the end we will pray for you excellent Yikes. Oh. All yeah. right, so is that it? Are we? Are we? Yeah, I can close with. Finish an, those notes, Toby. Come on, I see six more paragraphs. <laughs> no, I can. I can close with one final quote. Okay. Um, just to wrap things up, um, Robin R. Means Coleman said, "Horror is a great way to see a society's fears materialized as some fantastical theatrical experience. As a movie genre, horror disrupts, transgresses, boundaries are upset." Rationality is resisted. Narrative closure occurs and evokes fear. You you did excellently. Honestly, <laughs> I you, went to like, bed at four a.m. Yeah. I'm I I have I, a two I and a half hour episode you, to edit. Be, I'm be, not even mad about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, love, congratulations to our longest episode ever. Guys. I love all the research that went into it. I love all the like the, how you put it down in like an essay form and connect. Like it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I, I like when we have those. Those like guests. I like planning the research. That's like inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I, I like when we have guests that, that. I'm a nerd first and foremost. <laughs> I like how we, when we have Learn guests. Learn when we do our best directorial debut. You can make your notes. Have, you done, have you done sci fi yet? Because I'm a big sci fi Ooh. Girl. I mean, not. I'm a, I'm a very sci- big Any sci fi? We haven't no, just done sci fi I mean, as a genre, but yeah, we. What have we done that's Avatar. in the sci fi? Just Avatar? I mean, like. Oh, everything ever. I can come, but only to talk about Interstellar and Arrival. Interstellar is my favorite movie of all time. We are going to. We, 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 talk, same. Like we talked no about um, an alien episode, I and I would love to get into alien Oh, yeah, for Halloween, we're doing Alien and yeah. the thing. Yeah. Alien is one of my favorite movies, also Alien and Aliens. I love, I yeah. love, I love yeah. sci-fi, but not just in the realm of space, but also just like AI and stuff like that. Mm. So mm-hmm. just, uh, the, uh, like the series, the movie. Ex Machina. When, yeah, when we talk, uh, that's another um, yeah. femininity in horror, because mm. yeah. the femininity of the AI yeah. in that uh, is not what... Not horror, but thriller. Right? Um, I don't know why. I think it's very scared of the fact that she got left out into the real world and she's gonna take that. Shit oh yeah, yeah like I, I am definitely afraid of it. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. People so. like to say, okay, well, super I don't know the distinction. That's yeah, because people, I hate the, the people question. are such fucking posers when it comes to it's not a horror, it's a thriller. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I called it's cocaine. Not horror because Is I it like horrifying it. Horrifying to you? Yes, it's mm-hmm. horror. Yeah. Like I, I, I call. Like when people call Silence of the Lambs a thriller, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Okay, no, Silence of the Lambs is definitely horror. <laughs> and I did want to just quickly touch on um, portray- portrayal of uh, queer and trans people in horror because often trans people are portrayed as a um, perpetrator Psycho. and it's linked to their it's linked to this idea of transness as mental illness yeah. and transness as an inherently violent and malleant and um, demonized um, I really want to to um, in- identity yeah mm-hmm. I really want to get into that because a lot of people look on science lambs and go, oh, that is a trans killer. But there is a very specific hardcore, hard scene where Clarice goes, no, she's not there. The person is not trans at all. Mm-hmm. And she goes into like the statistics of, of trans violence mm-hmm. right. being portrayed mm-hmm. against them versus. And it's that, he, no, he is just unwell. He's mm-hmm. not trans. And yeah. they mm-hmm. very specifically lay that down. But, yeah. but then people kind of. But even so, that. the idea of like queerness or like his cross dressing or mm-hmm. exploring um, gender non conforming, yeah. um, you know, 
habits or behaviors that's still demonized in the show yeah what was the there was something i watched recently that uh, oh it was um and justice for all Mm-hmm. Um and the main character is is the uh, you know the the famous movie scene where he goes Attica Attica and at the crowd mm-hmm. right so it's Al Pacino <laughs> as a as a bank robber um, oh my god dog day afternoon oh! sorry shit and justice for all okay, oh my god because I was like um no I'm thinking of <laughs> the other Al Pacino movie but instead of Attica he's saying um you're out of order this whole damn trial's out of order okay that's, that's okay for okay all. Oh, yeah. so, thank you bam dog day dog afternoon, day afternoon. I do an know. incredible movie yeah right. but dog day afternoon um is a very early example of a, a, a very human treatment of, of trans trans, yes. trans people mm-hmm. and it's like this is from the fucking 1970s, 70s, yeah. right. talking about we just fucking regress all the time yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah so toby thank you very much for bringing it um you had me on pins and needles for this episode for the last six weeks mm-hmm. and uh, i didn't know oh if you're gonna pull it off but you did it was worth the wait mm-hmm. and Aww. um uh, Lauren, thank you for being here as well. I really appreciated your, for being your jumping in. for bringing the cat dropsy. And thanks for the, yeah, <laughs> constant source of the um, most precious little kitten. Yeah. Adorable. Uh, and um, thank you all for listening to this. If you've made it this far, congrats. Yeah. You, 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 you are really one of the move man them fans. You yes. are. This is three hour episode. And you yeah. are also smart to forward because you got some knowledge dropped on you this yeah, episode. Boy. Um, you can find more knowledge on other episodes of Movie Man them. Not as much as this one. <laughs> we tend not to be too knowledgeable. We usually talk about wasn't this. We really great? got into an, an everything everywhere episode. Yeah, we did. Also, Toby was there. Sorry. <laughs> Just when Toby's here, we put on our smart caps. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find a podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, anywhere. You can listen to the thing you're listening to right now at this very moment. Mm-hmm. Spotify uh, and anywhere. Yeah. yeah. You can shout out to John who put me on to um, the youtube video that inspired this nice. episode yeah and um who's also an extremely knowledgeable historian bring him on, on the podcast over. we will we yeah. will one day it definitely has to happen uh yeah and um okay so you can find you can follow me at damien michael movies on twitter and instagram you, you can, can find follow bam. me at flat Bammy on twitter and instagram was taken on insta and toby does not like to be known to the public right uh, well, my Instagram is guava underscore right. jazz, but Ooh, I growing. am a musician in that sphere. Mm-hmm. So you gonna sing us a song? No, no, no not sure. <laughs> with your rasp voice. Go to the it. Instagram for that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, um, Lauren, what's the cat's Instagram? Oh, I'm gonna make one mm-hmm. and then and then I'll let you know. Okay. okay. Um, you make one and and have a post where you have headphones on the cat and in the caption you can say what episode of Movie Man them he's listening yes, to. Like yeah, do that. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, what was what, what? This is coming out. Oh, this is I have a schedule. This is on this. This is coming. Oh, the next episode. Is we're talking about them guardians. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of sci-fi, we're going to talk about the guardians of the galaxy with their grand finale. Me and um, Damon's favorite MCU franchise. Yeah, the very best MCU franchise. Absolutely. Fuck the Avengers. Yeah. Um. No. 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 Um. Literally. I was gonna say, mm, what's a bad franchise? It's it's no it's no Ant Man and, and it's the Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. That's true. All right, thank you for listening. Tune in for that episode next week, and uh, we'll see you next time.